Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Wide Men Can Jump on the Wide Men Radio Network, located at blogtalkradio.com slash widemencantjump. We're brought to you by the law offices of Stephen P. New, wowfreecam.com, and facebook.com slash makeupkennedy. You can check us out anywhere and everywhere you find podcasts. Now, for the host of your flagship program, here's Tom Robinson and Nate Bush. Yo, what's up, everybody? It's episode 39 of Wide Men Can't Jump, and we are here. It's the original lineup, myself and Mr. TR, Tom Robinson. Tom, good to have you back, sir. Good to be here. I love talking hoops. You know that. Uh, I've been engulfed with uh, real-life work and and so forth and uh, busyness, but I am uh, happy to talk to you and our upcoming guest this hour. Yeah, we got a lot of guests coming. We got a couple guys coming on tonight. Uh, looking forward to it. It's going to be a jam-packed show uh, full of NBA hoops talking. You know, the off season is uh, – we're about – I'd say we're about halfway through the off season, roughly, and uh, October's right around the corner, and October means three things. Halloween, the tip-off of the NBA season, and Nate has a baby. So <laughs> those three things oh. are coming. They are coming. Not make him not even in that order, but to talk about the wait wait, uh, wait 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 keep your thought. Okay, I I never put those two together that you're having a baby in the beginning of the NBA season. What is it? Early October or could it be mid or late or what? It's it's late October. The twenty seventh is the due date. Uh, you're not allowed to miss uh, if we have a show on opening night or before it. You're going to have to miss the birth of your child. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding just kidding well that's awesome that yeah that's awesome i mean it's always been awesome but i just never put that together mentally that it would be the tip off of the season at the same time you're expecting that's pretty funny and pretty cool yeah yeah my life revolves around nba even the birth of my child so uh, <laughs> it's pretty much been a thing but uh, yeah the 27th is when she's due she may go long. Uh, if she goes short, we could be right at tip off. I've got air. my schedule's completely clear in the month of October, so I'm not doing anything. I got a, not going anywhere. An, go ahead. Another another quick interruption, just so I don't forget. My buddy Mike Rainey, who does comedy, he uh, he has three children, but he had his son. I think his son's about six or seven now, maybe five or six. Anyhow, uh, he he had his son Mike Jr he was in, you know, the delivery room watching Roy Halladay, the late Roy Halladay throw a playoff no hitter. Um as his son was being born, he said it was like the greatest possible icing on the cake, you know. I know you're not a baseball guy, but when the Phillies are good, when they used to be at least that, you know, yeah. that time of year it rocked the season, you know what I mean? And that was great timing for him. So maybe you'll get some kind of like uh Minnesota T Wolves fifty point blowout or something. <laughs> Maybe the Wolves will be on that ga- that night, and if there's a TV in the delivery room, you better bet. <laughs> you better yep. know what's going to be on. I'll have my NBA yep. league pass queued up on the TV, and the doctors will be like, "Can you turn that shit off?" I'm like, hell no! Don't you see Towns yeah. is playing tonight, you bastard? <laughs> <laughs> but um, 
Speaking of opening night, it's uh, going to be here before you know it. It's actually uh, probably about two and a half months away. Um, according to Gary Washburn of the Boston Globe, I know you love your Boston guys. Um, Gary Washburn is reporting, and Keith Pompey retweeted. That's how I saw this. The opening night of the NBA is predicted to be October 16th, which is them leading off the season a little earlier than normal to work in more rest days. But the opening two games is looking like it's a rumor at least. TNT, opening slate, 76ers, Celtics, and Thunder Warriors to open the season. What do you think of that? Uh, you know, the sooner the better for my, my personal taste. But um, I had heard prior, you know, just during last season that they were going, Sixers were going overseas. And I thought, they're you know, they were – playing there um early on but that's uh an 0-1 start for those uh revamped 76ers hey maybe you'll get maybe you'll get lucky and everybody will break their leg in the first game <laughs> I'm yeah joking. I, I wish uh, no, no we don't want nobody hurt no not at all because the week before we got to do our our preseason tip-off predictions again uh, like we did on the very first episode of the show when we predicted the tip-off, uh, predicted who we'd we have sh- in the finals, and we were both wrong. <laughs> yeah, but we should have known that then that Kawhi Leonard was a nutcase who nobody should take uh, when he screwed up our thing. We shouldn't have had to wait a year to find it out. Yeah, for real. And he, And my thing is, since that time, Kawhi Leonard has been a mystery. Um, we yeah. predicted Spurs Celtics Kawhi Leonard doesn't play Boston gets injuries I still maintain we had a chance uh, if Kawhi Leonard plays and Boston stays healthy uh, that that series can change oh, but we not. didn't want to we didn't want to do Warriors Cavs what a boring ass pick you know that's that's boring so yeah. we didn't I'm glad we did well we know I'm, we know we won't have half of that you know we won't have half oh, of that next season. No, there's no way. Um, right now, the East uh, looks wide open. You know, the Raptors are a contender again. The Wizards got better. The Bucks got better. The Sixers stayed about the same. Uh, they added Wilson Chandler, so that'll help, but they lost some key players, too. The Celtics look like they're going to be just as good as ever. Um, there's some teams, some young teams that could maybe – Maybe not make it to the finals, but could, you know, the Bulls are a young team developing, could be there in a few years. There's a lot of talent in the East, but that damn Western Conference, just it's just, oh, man, it's horrid. Who the hell is going uh, to play out West this year? I don't know. I, I don't, you know, of course it's better conference, but. I don't know. Boston's pretty damn strong. I, I don't see anybody over there better than Boston on paper, other than Golden State. Yeah, that that seems to be the the sexy pick is Golden State Boston uh, right now. Of course, there's still some free agents out there, uh, still some deals being made. There'll be trades in the season. There'll be injuries. Who knows? But um, we yeah. all pretty much, I think almost everyone's got the Warriors circled as the Western Conference team. You know who's gonna who's gonna beat them? That's the thing, and we feel like the Rockets got worse, um, and no other team's really gotten good enough to step up and play them. 
and play the Warriors where they need to be. It's almost like that's the mountain everybody's trying to climb, and everybody saw the Boogie Cousins signing, and they're like, okay, fuck this. We're going to try again next year. So everybody's getting their positions ready to go for a big run next year when they predict the Golden State team will finally be dismantled somewhat. So the 2018 season kind of almost feels like a – or 2018-19 season almost feels like a wash before it even starts. But there's still going to be a lot of stuff going on in the season that we'll want to keep up with. And who knows? Maybe a team gets hot at the right time. It's hard to say. And you never know. Trade deadlines, so forth. You just never know. That's true. And maybe Steph Curry doesn't recover from his ankle injury. Um, you know, maybe Draymond Green gets dealt before the trade deadline. That's a possibility. If they feel Boogie For Cousins what? is going to be the, the guy there, I could see Draymond getting dealt. I could see it. If you can get something getting, for him, get, go getting ahead. Dealt for uh, Tristan Thompson so he doesn't punch him in the face anymore. Oh my God! Can we talk about that for a minute? Oh, that I didn't was amazing. read the story. I just read that headline, so I don't really oh, know. Oh God! What I, Tristan down. Thompson is my new favorite player. Thank you so much, Tristan Thompson, for punching Draymond Green in the face. I don't care if it was a sucker punch. I don't care if you tricked him. I don't care what you did. Thank you, Tristan Thompson. You, sir, deserve an award. And I don't know if you saw this. The city of Cleveland is actually planning a parade for Tristan Thompson. (laughs) So somebody did make an event. There's an event page on Facebook for Tristan Thompson for punching Draymond Green in the face. Well, uh... That Tristan sure likes to show up uh, in the national spotlight, doesn't he? He's uh, with with child with Chloe and, uh, you know, on video with other friends during the Chloe pregnancy or I think it was after the birth. I don't know. But uh, he Bobby Portis the uh, <laughs> – he Bobby Portis the, the, the um, uh, Miritich – of the, uh, I don't know what I was trying to say. You know what I meant. Bobby yeah, Porter punched Miratic and broke his jaw, but he didn't break Draymond's, right? Unfortunately, no. Um, that would have just been that would have been icing on the cake. But he did not break Draymond's jaw. Unfortunate again. And apparently, LeBron James, Kevin Durant both stepped in, and LeBron bailed after it was all over. This was around the time of the ESPYS. But, but Draymond Green, sir, you are great. Thank you so much. For that. You just said and Draymond really Green's great. No, he's not. Fuck you, Draymond Green. Tristan Thompson, you're great. I say <sighs> thank you. Tristan Thompson, thank you for punching him in the face. Like, you just – I lived vicariously through you when you did it. I hope you know it. And uh, Tristan Thompson gets a free invite on this show whenever he wants. And I'll buy you a beer. Yeah, bring him on. Bring him on. <laughs> so, Tristan, free, free beer from me if you uh, get in touch with me. I'll hook you up, man. Uh, you got a drink coming to you. Yeah, you probably, you know, what's one beer to you? But, hey, for me, that's a lot. So, thank you so much for that. Uh, I've been waiting on somebody to do that for months. I'm so glad somebody finally did it. Like, I can't even tell you how happy I am. I read that story and just grinned. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know how he acts, you know, other than on the court and in press conferences. But, you know, if the shoe fits, punch it. I mean, he should have got punched on the court, but I understand, you know, you get fined, suspended, you don't want to upset your teammates, cost a, a game in the finals, things like that. And, and man, I'm cash. so glad he did it. 
I'm so glad he did. The only thing that could have made it better is if there would have been video. If there would have been video, I would have just replayed it for hours. It was amazing from what I heard. Yeah. Yeah, it could have, uh, could have maybe, I doubt it could have topped the uh, McDonald's chick manager beating up the female who stole soda, but. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'd ball that too. <laughs> Jesus. That, that was like. That was like when Gorilla Monsoon picked up Muhammad Ali, except like ten times easier. Like this, she ragdolled the hell out of her. Oh, she did. She she just beat the piss out of her. And I was watching it. And if you don't know what we're talking about, just Google it. Uh, McDonald's employee beats up, I believe somebody like mouthed off to her, threw something at her, and it was on from there. And uh, in my mind, I'm picturing Tristan Thompson as the manager, and the woman that threw the stuff is Draymond Green. So. I feel good about that. Yeah. I really do. Thou shall not <laughs> steal. And apparently, thou shall not mouth off to Tristan Thompson. That's a bad dude. Yeah. I'm telling you, it's a bad dude. Oh. We but shall see a, how it plays out. Oh, yeah. Uh, of course, you know, Tristan's got a ring, so Draymond can't pull that crap. And I don't know. It just – Draymond Green just bothers me. He has, he has forever. He's a second-round pick who happened to land on the best team in the league, and he runs his mouth constantly talking about how great he is, and he's not a bad player. But when you run your mouth like that, and you're not even close to being the best player on your team, and you think you're worth max money, and you're going to walk away from that championship team and go try to steal max money from another team, you've lost it. And I think he'll he get really, it, though. Oh, he probably will. Some dumbass will do it. Um, if it's Minnesota, I'm probably going to find a new team. I'll say that much, uh, and I'm not afraid to say it. But if he does that, if some team gives him max money, you're you're dumb. And I'm saying it here. He's not that good. He's good, but he's a good player, but he's not worth max money. But then again, Timothy Mozgov got a lot of money. Aaron Gordon just got a max contract, so who knows? Time will tell, my friend. Indeed it will. Well, we're due. Our first guest will be with us shortly, but before he gets here, let's go ahead and pay a quick bill, why don't we? I'm too sexy for my love, too sexy for my love, love's going to leave. WowFreeCam.com is the number one cam site on the internet, and they are our gracious sponsors, and we want to invite you to check them out over at WowFreeCam.com. Anything you could imagine and whatever you want is just one click away if you go to wowfreecam.com. What's some of the things you could check out over on wowfreecam.com? Motorboat? Play the motorboat? You motorboat son of a bitch, you old sailor you. Or you could be into... Two chicks at the same time, man. Whatever it is that you're looking up for, wowfreecam.com will leave you with one reaction and one reaction only. You won't want to miss out all the fun going on at wowfreecam.com. So be sure to show them some love and go over. Hey, it's in the name. It's all free. Must be 18 or older to access the website. But make sure you get there as quick as you can to check out all the fun going on over at wowfreecam.com. Again, must be 18 or older to visit. Well, TR, we are joined right now from si.com slash NBA, Mr. Ben Golliver. Ben, thank you for jumping on with us. My pleasure. How are you guys doing? 
What's happening, Ben? How you doing tonight? Chilling, man. How are you? Same deal. Same deal. It's, uh, I don't know where you're based at, but uh, I'm I'm in Philly, and it's uh, it was a hot day, hot and humid day. Not real, you know, extreme heat, but hot enough. No, I feel you. Well, I was in Vegas uh, last week for USA basketball camp. I think it topped out at about 118. I'm back in LA Jeez. now, and uh, you know it's it's much nicer, 75 and sunny like always. So I, I can't complain on that front. Right on. Well, fill us in on USA basketball, man. What's uh, how was USA basketball? What, what was that like out there in Vegas? Well, it, you know when LeBron's there, it's all about LeBron all the time, right? It's like you know it's Le- LeBron a Palooza, and he wasn't there, so it kind of created this vacuum where all these other guys kind of had the chance to step up a little bit and, and get some of the attention. I think Kevin Durant probably got more attention than anybody because he was kind of involved with Twitter beefs and he's going back and forth and basically saying, I'm not sensitive. You guys are sensitive. And, uh, you know, that was one storyline. I think Paul George uh, made it clear why he decided to not choose the Lakers and go back to Oklahoma city. He basically said he's a family man now and, he doesn't need the, the bright lights or the big city. And, and that was interesting to hear, given all the rumors that had been around him for the last year or two. Um, and then I think some of the young guys or, or maybe the, you know, the guys who aren't quite on that A-list level, you know, say Devin Booker or Victor Oladipo, Miles Turner, they got a chance to sort of make a little name for themselves in some of these one-on-one game, uh, games these guys play. You know, there's this real like King of the Mountain type vibe to it where, these guys just go at each other's necks in front of all the cameras. And, you know, you kind of see who comes out on top in terms of who's the best one-on-one player. And, you know, all of those guys kind of got in on the action and, uh, you know, rose to the challenge a little bit. So there was a lot going on in the gym. And then on top of it, of course, you know, Greg Popovich is the new coach and he takes over from coach K and you know, he put his own stamp on it. You know, he gave out a little toy car for, for guys who are winning, uh, you know, the shooting competitions and, he was, you know, very active playing defense in some drills and, and feeding the post in other drills. So uh, he just put his own stamp on the program. That's some good stuff there. Uh, I, I saw some little video that, that slipped out. Maybe there was more, but I saw Oladipo actually do a fadeaway on Durant, and um, which was quite impressive at the size differential. And also then everybody was trying to cover Durant at one point. Guys, you mentioned Booker, uh, Oladipo, uh, maybe one or two others that slip in my mind. But Durant, from that snippet, was pretty pretty hot with his uh, one-on-one drills or what have you. So, um, but all in all, we look like we got a good squad out there with uh, Sands Kawhi, I guess. Yeah, it's the question is so for you know who's going to commit. You know, LeBron will be fairly uh, old by USA basketball standards in two years. Steph Curry has really prioritized spending time with his family kind of over USA basketball commitments in the past. Like you mentioned, no Kawhi Leonard. So the question is who's going to be involved. And I guess my takeaway from the the mini camp was Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Russell Westbrook, sort of like the three amigos back from the Oklahoma City Thunder days. They all seem very interested and involved in the program right now. And if I had to wager, I'd bet all three of those guys are on the Olympic team in 2020. Um, and I think, you know, one of the other takeaways is just like, even though all these stars like LeBron and Steph weren't there, the U.S. can still field basically two teams worth of guys who I think could win 
gold medal in 2020. I mean, there's just so much talent. I mean, even some of the guys you mentioned, like Booker, I don't really see any way he gets onto the team. But, like, if we could field a B team, he'd be on our B team. You know, and that team would probably win silver too, right? So I do think there's a really a massive talent gap uh, between the United States basketball and, and everybody else. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I, w- I would definitely agree with that. I, I, who knows? Our B team maybe even be able to win gold, and it just depends. Um, you know, I love that we put out the, the great squad, and we normally dominate in Olympic play. But there's a part of me that just kind of misses that the young guys, the the non professionals playing, and and actually seeing our young guys get put to the test on the biggest stage. But of course, we like to win, so that's why we put our guys out there and, and we do have the best basketball players in the world so we should win i mean not to sound cocky but we do um but anyway you're out in la covering la so i guess um uh you cover the lakers or the clippers more out there for sports illustrated well i'll tell you what i mean uh, last couple of years first fans were starting to get excited they felt like they own the city right you know chris paul blake griffin deandre jordan it, it kind of had the feeling like of a big three that big three went kaput real quick. They're down to basically a big zero at this point. And then LeBron steps in uh, and basically is going to be the king of the city for the next four years, basically regardless of sport. I mean, I think he's going to be, you know, one of the biggest just celebrities, period, uh, that this city's going to have. So I think it's going to be all Lakers all the time uh, looking forward. And, you know, one take I have on these Lakers you know, I'm kind of a pacifist by nature. I'm not a real violent person. I was raised on the West Coast, kind of, you know, tree hugger up in Oregon. But this uh-huh. Lakers team has all uh, the makings of the type of team you want to get into some fist fights during training camp. Like, if you look at their young guys, whether it's Lonzo, Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma, all those guys need to take the next step, right? And they've got a whole bunch of veterans there who are going to take any flag from everybody and who are going to really challenge those young players. I mean, Rondo's probably the most stubborn player in the entire league. You've got uh, Lance Stevenson. He goes after LeBron. So, you know, he's not going to be afraid of going after these young guys. Uh, and then even JaVale McGee, you know, he's been fighting for his position in the league these last couple of years, and he doesn't want to give up, you know, minutes to anybody. Right. So I think, you know, a best case scenario for the Lakers is we start to get some reports that like the young guys are duking it out with the veterans during training camp and LeBron's like the boxing official kind of like overseeing all of it because that means the young guys will have kind of uh, risen to the challenge. And if the Lakers are going to be good at all next year, they need that from the young guys because to me, the veterans they brought in here are just not nearly good enough to really compete in the Western Conference. They need some big step forward especially from guys like Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball. I agree with that point. I, one thing that just hit me as you were speaking, you were talking about Lob City, and I you know, always make a joke that it was Billy Crystal's fault for being their fan and stuff like that. But um, I, I just thought of from a TV perspective, um, I think every Lakers game is going to probably – track a lot of ratings unless you know they lay an egg by you know halfway through the season or something but that seems like it's going to be the hottest ticket in town and from a business perspective I'm sure uh, that makes Magic Johnson and and so forth very happy oh there's no doubt I mean I think LeBron will have the number one selling jersey in the league and I bet it won't be close they're probably going to be on national tv like 40 to 50 times I mean they might as well just put every game on national tv and I think from sort of a uh, a discussion standpoint, you know, like a conversation standpoint, 
they can't lose. Like, if they win and they're really good, everyone's going to hop back on the Laker bandwagon. Hey, the Lakers are back. But if they lose, you have a million fall guys who you can blame, whether it's Beasley, Lance Stevenson, JaVale McGee, Rajon Rondo. Like, those guys are just lined up uh, to take uh, the arrows, you know, from critics and, and skeptics. So I think either way, if it's a success or a failure, all we're going to be doing is talking Lakers basketball for the next, like, you know, 10 or 11 months. Yeah, yeah. Nate, we got to get a, get a uh, Lakers show. <laughs> Go yeah. ahead, Nate. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm just going to say it's never LeBron's fault, is it, ever? Uh, anyway. <laughs> but Oh, that's uh, what I mean. Do you think that's why they, they signed some of these guys? Like, you know, these guys oh, are out there looking for contracts. But, yeah, they're fall guys, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh LeBron, it's never LeBron's fault. I've never heard, LeBron does not make a mistake um, ever. Never seen him make a mistake. If he has, um, you know, it, it's false evidence and it was thrown out in court on a technicality. But um, <laughs> LeBron, is LeBron the answer to get the Lakers to the playoffs? I think, in my opinion, I think he'll get them to the playoffs. But do I think this Lakers team is going to be better than a four seed? I've said it um, a few times. I don't think that they are talented enough to get – over a five seed, in my opinion. If they get to the four, it's going to be because another team got injured. But what do you think, as a guy who, who's out in L.A. and the hype is real, what do you think the Lakers' ceiling is this season? Do you think they're going to be the two seed like a lot of people are predicting? No, no, definitely not the two seed. I mean, to me, Golden State and Houston are both coming back, and those teams are locked in as one and two. I mean, either way, you know, whoever wins more games, those are definitely the two best teams. I think after that, you've got a tier that's like Oklahoma City and Utah. I think that is sort of the second tier of the Western Conference. And then I would throw the Lakers into the third tier, which is just super crowded with teams that all have big question marks, whether it's Minnesota, Portland, uh, you know, Denver, you know, the Lakers. I mean, that's all kind of a group together where, you know, it's going to depend on health. It's going to depend on chemistry, you know, how those teams kind of shake out. If I had to guess, I'd probably say the Lakers are closer to a sixth seed. Um, but I do think the LeBron factor, it really is a huge advantage, and it can overcome the seedings once you get into the playoffs. I mean, we've seen him carry a lot of uh, you know, bad teams or, or weak supporting casts through the playoffs, but I think there's going to be a ceiling on that. Like, I don't see any way where they win more than one playoff series uh, next year. Like, if they won, a, like, a 3-6 playoff series as a sixth seed, okay, that wouldn't quite surprise me. But if they were actually able to knock off a Houston or a Golden State uh, in the postseason, to me that would be completely shocking. And I think that's one reason why when you look at this LeBron move from Cleveland to L.A., you have to just, you know, state the facts. This was a move for business purposes. This was a move about expanding his fame and his influence and his money this was not a basketball decision. I mean, he had a lot of other better opportunities out there, whether it's Houston, whether it's Philadelphia, where he could have signed and had a better chance to win a title next season. And that's why I think it's really important that everybody just, you know, face facts. I mean, this was a business decision that LeBron made to join the Lakers. Yeah, sure was. I, I, I want to I switch it to the East real quick while we still have you. I'm from Philadelphia, obviously a Sixers fan. I, I, Pretty outspoken. I, I didn't like the false pick when it happened. I didn't like trading up, et cetera, et cetera. Um, he's working with a good coach. I understand Drew Hanlon, but I don't know. Personally, I don't have much uh, faith in him. But the, the real team I wanted to talk about was uh, the Celtics. On paper, if healthy, 
my opinion, they're a notch below the Warriors as the most talented team in basketball. Am I far off on that? No, I mean, I think it's a two-team conversation. It's them versus Houston and just sort of who do you prefer. And if you have everybody healthy on both sides, I think Boston's got a case that they're deeper with talent. And their five-man unit is probably more talented than Houston's five-man unit. So I think you, know, you could definitely make uh, the argument in favor of the Celtics. Going back to Markel Fultz, though, for a second, man, it really bothered me that he went and just showed up at Summer League in Vegas. He was hanging out practically the whole week. He's sitting courtside. He's trying to do some TV. Thank you. He's off in the back Thank of the camera. Thank you. Why isn't this guy – why is he not on the court? I mean, you can't be afraid of Summer League competition. I mean, I understand he's supposedly working on his jump shot. You know a good place to work on your jump shot? In a five-on-five scrimmage. <laughs> where if you dominate the competition, all of a sudden everything that happened last year is a distant memory, right? And I don't know. I mean, to me, I understand people are trying to defend him. They're saying, hey, you know, he wasn't ready. You don't want to throw him out there until he's ready. I mean, he was ready enough to come back to the team at the end of the regular season, right? So why isn't he ready enough to play summer league? And if you're not going to play, don't show up and, you know, you're Gucci head to toe and, you know, act like you're the superstar player. You've done nothing in the NBA. Uh, you've got to rebuild your reputation from where it was last year and, you know, prove it. Let's see it. And I thought it was unfortunate he didn't play. You you have just become, and Nate, Nate will confirm this, uh, my favorite guest, and we've done this, I think we're going on our 11th month. Uh, you said you said basically more eloquently, like I, I sometimes, since we're podcasts, we can, you know, use different language. And I, when I saw him behind Luka Doncic with, like you said, dress styling and profile with his new hairdo, which probably costs you know, a grand or so itself, just making faces and stuff. And I was like, are you kidding me? You, you had to shoot, relearn how to shoot from five feet away. That, the <laughs> drills we did in fifth and sixth grade, that's the drills we did when we played. You know, those type of drills he was doing as the number one overall pick. So, you, sir, are my favorite guest. Um, oh. Nate, uh, I'm, I'm glad you booked <laughs> this gentleman. <laughs> as soon as you said that, I knew in my head that I was like, well, Ben Golliver will be back sooner rather than later if he is if he would like to. <laughs> what you just said was uh, it, it's been a year now I've been hearing these things. <laughs> so, but um, – one more thing here. I know your time is limited and we don't want to keep you too long, but we do really appreciate you coming on and giving us some of your time and you're on sports illustrated, um, NBA writer there. And we invite everybody to check Ben out. We'll let you get your Twitter handles and where they can find you out there. But, um, the Kawhi Leonard fiasco that's been going on now for months and months, uh, we've kind of dived into it a little bit. What's your take on, Kawhi Leonard in Toronto and DeMar DeRozan saying there's no loyalty and going to San Antonio. What, what do you have? Do you have any feelings about that? Well, look, I mean, DeMar, this guy has really milked the whole emotional thing after the trade. I mean, he was asking for a heads up that they were going to trade him. I mean, did DeMar give the front office a heads up when he no showed in the playoffs four years in a row? I don't think so. I don't think they owed him anything in response. I understand he's upset leaving that franchise, you know, after his entire career, but come on, man. Like he had to know something was coming when they fire the coach. And when you're benched in game four of a sweep against Cleveland, like, of course you're touchable. Of course you can be traded. I mean, if you can't perform on the highest level, like that's going to happen. Now, 
in terms of what, you know, Toronto's move, I, I love the risk because they've had a lot of trouble getting big-time talent up there. I mean, I think if Kawhi Leonard's healthy, he's the best player they've ever had in their franchise, period. And they don't have a lot of chances to really recruit free agents. They already had a lot of contracts they've handed out to guys like Lowry and Ibaka. I mean, they were pretty much stuck from a cap perspective. So to get, you know, not a guy quite on LeBron's level, but to basically get the second biggest star of the summer on your team and to to also get Danny Green, who's really, really nice player and, and is going to help them for matchup purposes against Boston. Uh, to me, I, I love the move from Toronto. Now, from San Antonio's perspective, it's a little tougher. I'm not the world's biggest DeRozan fan. I don't necessarily know if I love the fit with him and LaMarcus Aldridge, um, but I do think uh, they have a real mandate down there in San Antonio to at least be good. I mean, you can't really tank down there. The team has been so good for so long that this current fan base expects to win games. And so I'm sure they were feeling the pressure, you know, Hey, pops older. We want to make sure we give him a good team, you know, before he retires. And then also like, we don't want to be one of these teams that wins 30 games. We want to be taking a run at 50 wins and trying to stay in the mix. And I do think that, you know, DeMar helps them do that, but I definitely think Toronto won the trade. Uh, you know, if Kawhi just can't pull his life together, can't pull his game together, then I think, you know, at that point, it's better to not have DeMar's contract on your books. You can just retool and, and try to reload a little bit next summer and, and move forward that way. So I think even though it seems like a big risk from Toronto's side, I don't think it's the riskiest thing in the world. They were going nowhere with Lowry and DeRozan together, and this definitely increases their ceiling, and it also increases their flexibility too. I just want to add what you just said that, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not the biggest Kawhi Leonard fan. Uh, I was uh, until a lot of the things this year. If, if certainly he's had the talent 2016 or 17 playoffs or wherever, whatever year I get lost when Zaza Pachulia stepped on his foot, he's, it's been a mystery since then. But if he can, obviously he has the talent, but if they can stop that goofy uncle at the border, that would be the best business move, in my opinion. But, Nate, you can you can close it out. I just wanted to get that out there. No, oh, that's no problem. Ben, thank you so much for jumping on with us. We appreciate all your time that you gave us here this evening. Could you let our listeners know where they can find you and how to keep up with you in your writings? Yeah, for sure. I mean, we're – you know, it's easy to find us online, si.com slash NBA. You know, we got stuff going up all the time. I'm on Twitter at Ben Golliver, B-E-N-G-O-L-L. I-V-E-R. I'm at on uh, Instagram, Ben.Golliver. Uh, you guys can check me out there, too. Thanks a lot for having me. Yeah, oh, thank you man. for coming on. We we really appreciate Still it. Markel. We hope to have you back soon. <laughs> All right. Talk soon, guys. Thank you. Later. Folks, that was Ben Golliver from SI.com joining us here my favorite, on Wide My favorite guest. <laughs> my favorite guest tell. of all time. Because he is obviously the... not – he's obviously a neutral party, not from Philly, uh, <laughs> not from Boston where he can gloat about Jason Tatum. He's just a high-level Sports Illustrated. is nothing to sneeze at, as we all know. And, oh, no. Not a... And he, he had the exact take when he saw that goofball refuse to play, yet he had to show up and put his face on camera. <laughs> Ben is the best. As soon as he started, the best guest as soon ever. as he started talking, as soon as he started talking, I was like, "Oh hell!" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's the man. TR now. <laughs>
But no, nah, try I mean, to book him every every week, and we'll pay him every week. <laughs> ben, will you please come back and just say the same thing again, please? Yeah. <laughs> now, we, we do appreciate Ben, and everybody. Make sure you go show him some love and read his articles on SI. Very smart guy out in LA. Uh, knows his stuff about hoops. So uh, glad he could join us here on the show. But TR, and also, I'm sorry, yeah. you you get, you're leading in. No, go ahead, go ahead. I just want no, I just you... want to finish. Also, uh, not afraid to speak his mind. The hot take on the Demar Derozan that was pretty. Yeah, that was a pretty good pro wrestling promo. Almost, he's like, "Where were you for the last four years?" That yeah, was pretty, really pretty, was, uh, pretty hot surprised. take, man. It, it Great was. And I'm... Go ahead. No, Great I'm just saying season. I'm. Great off-season booking, man. Uh, that 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 man is uh, not afraid to let his opinions be known, and uh, I agree with. Uh, well, I'm, I'm smitten by the Markel Fultz disappointment, so I, you know I probably agree with everything else he he said too. Dr's on Twitter right now, following, stalking, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's the first person that's really had that take that's been national. Some come on and I have to back off a little bit because they say, well, we'll see how he turns out. And Ben Gulliver knows his shit and so does TR. That's all. I'll let <laughs> speaking you know our shit, but speaking of knowing our shit, TR, I got a little surprise for you. I didn't even tell you about this, but here you go. I got a surprise. You ready? You know what it's time for? Bush. Bush That's right, it's time for Bush League. It's back by popular demand. Do you like that little intro I made up for it? Do you like that? Yeah, it, it's uh yeah, well, we'll see we'll see what's Bush League actually to see if it matches up the intro. Let's see what you got. <laughs> well, three huge Bush League nominees for this week that all make it. And TR, it's been a while since I've done this, so Overlook me here, but the Bush League, first nominee of Bush League this week, LeBron James. And everybody's like, what? LeBron James, why? Why, Nate? He's the best player in the world. He just went to L.A. I'll tell you why. Did you see those damn Laker shorts? Jesus Christ on the cross. That was terrible. Those damn shorts were the ugliest damn things I've ever seen. He looked like he pissed himself out there at that game. Oh, God, you see that TR was terrible. I'll, I'll remain. I'll refrain from commenting until after the segment. Oh my God! What a terrible pair of shorts, LeBron James. Just for those shorts alone, sir. You know what that was? That's Bush. Bush League. You hear me? Right. It's Bush League. Now, number two, Tr, our Bush League nominee for this week. It's actually a, a pair of people. In Bush League nominees this week. A pair of people, and that would be. C.J. McCollum and Kevin Durant, ladies and gentlemen, this back-and-forth Twitter beef, these two guys bitching and moaning at each other. You know what? I don't like that Kevin Durant left either, C.J., and I agree with you. But come on, man. You're on here bitching and moaning and calling each other out, and he's telling you you're not going to win a title in, in Portland, and you're not. I'm sorry. You're not. But, you know, all this nonsense, acting like two-year-olds and then trying to play it off like he was just, oh, we were just clowning, man. This is what we do. No, you weren't. You were legitimately pissed at each other. And, CJ, I reach out to you, and you didn't return my message to come on the show. And you know what that is to me? I mean, if that is Bush League. Yeah, that's Bush League. You can at least return with a no thank you, asshole. 
All right, and our third nominee for Bush League goes to the man that took the sucker punch, Draymond Green. Down goes Green. Down goes Green. Tristan Thompson with the right hand. I don't care if it was a sucker punch. I don't care if it was bullshit. It was awesome. Draymond Green goes down. Draymond Green, you know what you are, kid? That's Bush League. Huh. Yeah, that's Bush League, bitch. That's been Bush League for this week. Bush, Bush League. All right. That's Bush League for this week. Wait. Nick Hoff, that was for you. I know you've been wanting a Bush League for a while, so that was for you, sir. Leave that damn Nate Bush around some equipment, and you're getting all kinds of freaking segments. Anyhow, what I got to do? I got to, I got to, I got to stick around every Wednesday. Apparently, it's all changed up on me. But anyway, uh, yeah, I, I, I tend to agree. Uh, other than, you know, I really the shorts didn't really, you know, bother me either way because I maybe I'm just too old to care. But I was just going to say while you were doing it, but I didn't want to interrupt your segment. I mean the way that Dwayne Wade and Russell Westbrook and uh, James Harden show up to arenas, I don't know if you, if any ugly shorts can beat that. So that's my comment. But, you on know, it. I'm used to it with those two. And LeBron showed up with that man purse, the bag, whatever the hell that was. I gave him a pass on that because there was real basketball to talk. But those shorts are no excuse. Dude, you literally plastered the team that you chose to go to across your dick what does that say i mean come on you couldn't put on a lakers shirt that ugly ass pair of shorts that's what you had to wear i don't know i don't know i think i think your lebron your secret lebron hatred has been seeping out over and over again the first big (laughs) clue was when you said when you said to me, uh, I don't care for either, you know, LeBron or the Warriors. I don't care who wins this thing. And I was openly rooting for LeBron. And as soon as J.R. Smith effed that up, there's Nate's phone number on my cell. I, I think you're, you're tipping your hand a little bit. You're not a big LeBron James fan. I never and, had uh, I never said I never said I was. I'm not a big LeBron well, think, James fan. I think it might be a little – I think outside of Draymond Green and a few others that you might have popped off on, he, LeBron might be in your bottom ten. Look, I've said it once, I'll say it again. LeBron James is the best player in the world. He is the most skilled basketball player on planet Earth right now. Here's my issue with him. He goes from team to team, chasing rings, trying to win – championships he doesn't care about building a team he doesn't have loyalty to a city which a lot of guys don't anymore but LeBron's all about LeBron and when he leaves a team he leaves them dismantled he doesn't even have the balls to tell them before he leaves hey I'm leaving so you may want to plan he waits until free agency gets going knowing he's gonna leave you could give your boys a heads up and he just bails. And when he comes in, the first thing he wants to do is try to dictate everything that's going on. Most of the young players he'll try to throw out and move veteran guys in. Once those young players are gone, LeBron will stick around for two years, maybe two, three years if you're lucky. 
four years at the most, and then he leaves and goes to another team. Once he's used up, he's like a what's, – what's the term here? He's like a tapeworm. He crawls into a victim, and his ego and himself, they get bigger and bigger and bigger, and he takes over everything. And then when there's nothing left for that team or that city to give, he just leaves. Bye. See ya. Good knowing you. And now you're stuck rebuilding your team for the next five years. The Miami Heat are still trying to get back into contention after he left. Cleveland is, is awful now. Cleveland may be the worst team in the East. Maybe. It's possible. No they shot will, they're the worst team in the East. Atlanta's worse? horrible. Okay, yeah, other than Atlanta. Other than Atlanta. Okay, uh, you're I can right. think of others off the top of my okay, head. Okay, other than Atlanta, uh, I mean, other than Atlanta, Brooklyn, and the Knicks, and Brooklyn is going out of their way to be awful, Cleveland's in the bottom four. They're not as no. good as Detroit now. They're not as good as Charlotte. They're not as good as Orlando. I'm sorry. Cleveland's in the bottom four in the in the East. They have Kevin Love. That's it. And Colin Sexton. And they re-signed Channing fucking Fry. Woohoo. They got all those guys with, that have been playoff tested still, all those. But they're not going to get to the playoffs. That's the thing. They're not good enough. All those guys that are playoff tested had LeBron James to fall back on. They are not Fair enough. a good uh, Are you saying that they could be bottom four in just the East? Just the East. All right, that's clearly possible. Terrible in the West. Well, there's some shitty probably, teams in the West that aren't aren't there are, really. There are. That I well think either. they. I think they would. I think they would be better than uh, Sacramento and Memphis in the West. But they're going to be bottom four in either division that they're in. Are they a bottom four team in the league? No. But are they bottom four in either conference? Yes. As of right now. As of right now, unless there's a, unless unless Colin Sexton comes out and becomes the second coming of of LeBron or Michael Jordan or whoever, and they have Kevin Love, they have Colin Sexton, they have Tristan Thompson, still my new favorite player, Tristan Thompson. That's what I'm saying. You're rooting against your best player. I'm rooting against the guy. I'm just I'm quoting facts. When Minnesota sucks, I tell everybody Minnesota sucks. I'm not rooting against the guy. And uh, let's see, who else do they have? J.R. Smith, he really showed up in the finals. Uh, they got the new uh, guys who, that, that they got that, that didn't really put them over the top, obviously, George Hill. And, do they still have Rodney Hood, or is he unrestricted out the there? He's a free agent. As far as I know, he's not been signed yet. Because Rodney Hood, as we've seen, outside of his mental issues, are like, when I say mental issues, don't kill me, uh, Twitter, I mean, like, the way he slapped the temper issues, that's better. Locker room issues. Um, he can play. So if he's he an everyday starter and Colin Sexton's there and a different role for Mr. Love, who still has, in my opinion, at least two good years left in him, if not more. Uh, I know he got banged up. I know he's been injured. But uh, there's a lot of mental pressure gone from him to where he can just be Kevin Love uh, I don't know if we'll ever see the kind of numbers. The numbers that he put up individually in Minnesota, your team, yeah. didn't translate didn't translate into victories. But you know, uh, he's had he's got a ring. He's had more seasoning, et cetera, et cetera. I think uh, I think the weight mentally will help his game all around of of not being pressured and and not being. Uh, 
basically he was, uh, you know, and I like LeBron, but LeBron sometimes, you know, implied, but other times flat out said, you know, it was Kevin's fault. And that's not going to be there anymore. Um, so I, I'm optimistic. I'm not optimistic in a way where I think they're a threat. I just don't think they're quite as bad as you do. They're a bottom four team in the East. <laughs> I said it. I'll have they to look. Are. I'll have to look. Hold on. Hold on. Let's... See, you're, you're, no, no, you're pitting me against my own self now because I want Orlando to be better because I'm a big Mo Bamba guy. And I think Atlanta. I think Atlanta may be a better team than Cleveland. Maybe. I mean, Atlanta. if they keep the team, not Atlanta. Orlando. Sorry, not Atlanta. Clearly, Atlanta's awful. Atlanta. Atlanta uh, could lose to uh, Duke next year. Fucking Trey Young. <laughs> I agree. And I a, agree and a, that. That, just, Trey Young might make the Markel Fultz trade look like uh, a genius move. That that trading for Doncic, what the fuck? All right, um, all right, all right. All right, all, right, go here, ahead, go ahead. all right, here's the teams. Here's the teams I think that are worse than the Cleveland Cavaliers this year in the East. Okay, the Brooklyn Nets. Obviously, they are not shy about saying they're trying to lose. Um, they don't want to be good. They're waiting for free agency. All right, the New York Knicks. They're bottom three team. I don't care how good Kevin Knox is. They're a bottom team in the East. Then, but I like Coach Ben, and Hawks. I like that front line. Mitch Robinson, the, baby. Don't, don't overlook young Mitch. I like Mitch Robinson. I do. But even Mitchell Robinson and Kevin Knox and Porzingis Ennis are not going to be better than the Cavs this year. Ennis Kantner in a, in a, in a contract year, uh, the, the, the second or third year guard that we, neither of us can say his last name, that they drafted eighth overall. Right, it's uh, Galenas putting him up there. Are you kidding uh, you know, me? That guy? He's gonna start. Well, that don't mean much. Uh, I'm not Allen's saying he's great, but <laughs> I told you you're gonna have me arguing against myself. But uh, you know, uh, don't put the Knicks in there yet. There's gotta be Orlando. I mean, not Orlando. Atlanta, Atlanta, and Brooklyn. Atlanta and Brooklyn. We got that. Okay, we got right. that clear. I won't put the Knicks in there. I won't put the Knicks in there. If you're not putting the Knicks save, in there, save them. Save them. Okay, they're on they'll, save. They'll there's be on the side. Okay, there's one more team here I see being worse than Cleveland, possibly. Okay, maybe two. Orlando, possibly. But I actually like Orlando where they're going with this team now. They've got Mo Bamba. They'll have they Lucic still. They, they got uh, Aaron Gordon locked up. And they yeah, must believe a little bit up. in they them. Still have Jonathan, they have Jonathan Isaac. They have Evan Fournier. I mean, they've got some players, man. They need a point guard, though. That, that's where they're hurt. But I don't think Orlando's going to sniff the playoffs this year. Uh, the only other refresh team... my memory. Who did they draft besides Bomba? Anybody of, of note? I would have to look, honestly. Um, hold on, just a second. Don't worry about it. No, no, I got continue. My do- I've got my document. I've got my document. I'll find it. I think I saved it here. Okay, no, I don't. I don't have it saved. But, um, all right, the only other team I could see is the Chicago Bulls. And I don't think they're no. that bad. No, I they're a they're playoff team, in my opinion. I think they're, they're better see, than you got me. Yeah, I do, too. They're, they're, okay. They don't, they don't have the veteran leadership, but they got, like, 
literally nine young good players, uh, maybe not nine, maybe seven or eight, but that are potential. The potential is there for seven guys on that squad to be all-stars. They, you know, they are legitimately uh, one. To me, they are one all-star or one big superstar away from being dominant, that team. They have every chance to be good. I think if they can uh, – see, Detroit improves – just from hiring Dwayne Casey, in my opinion. Of course um, they do. And, and, and the Blake thing Blake. is, the thing is about Chicago maybe not making the playoffs would be uh, Detroit factor because uh, uh, Miami. I don't know. I don't know what you could say about Miami. I think Miami made the playoffs last year and they didn't lose anybody. Yeah, they made the playoffs, but. You know, they, they had to lean on Dwayne Wade uh, a lot. Not I mean, I, I don't mean a full season a lot, but I mean in important games. And Whiteside is uh, kind of like not in the uh, in the team's uh, – he's not the team uh, – God, why can't I speak tonight? He's not the <laughs> – Out of practice. Yeah, because I haven't been on the air. Um you know, I'll just – you can interpret it to the fucking listeners because uh, Whiteside's just not that good, and they're not happy with him. Um, okay. He's fallen into the bad graces of the Miami Heat. That's what I wanted to say, but I couldn't he's figure in the out the words because – He's in the dog. Yeah, yeah. And he's not the type of guy who's shown in his past that he's going to show everybody and come out, you know, swinging. I mean, okay. he did for well, the G were- League or whatever, but – all right, so you remove Whiteside from the equation. You still have Jorn Drogic. Drogic. He's good. You, yeah, still he's have, good. you still have Tyler Johnson. You still have Kelly Olenek. Let, let me pull up their roster here. I, I want to see this. Sure. I'm not sure. Is Olenek still there? I'm not sure about that. Uh, he I probably think, is. But. I think so. I think he and is. He's a bruiser, and he can have games. But I mean, he's a, come on. Hold on, hold on. We're gonna look at we're gonna look at Miami's roster. I think Miami's a better team than what you're giving them credit. They have Bama Bio or Amadeo, Drogic, uh, Wayne Wayne Ellington. I think is still a free agent. They have James Jones, Tyler Johnson, Kelly Olynyk, Dwayne Wade's still there technically. Hassan Whiteside, Justice Winslow, Dion Waiters. They've got some players, man. I would take that squad right there over the Cleveland squad right now. Well, I mean, the guys you mentioned, like Deion Waiters, he's from Philadelphia, et cetera. Wayne Ellington might be from my area, too, not come to think of it. I wish we, we would have got him here in Philly. But anyhow, he's I hope shooter. somebody with a brains. Yeah, that's. I mean, I really wanted him here. Uh, maybe that's still to come. Who knows? But, uh you know, some of those guys are long in the tooth as well, man. And they were they were showing just – I mean, the Sixers really disposed of them. And, and you know me, uh, even though I'm a Sixers fan, I love the Sixers, I think the Sixers are the biggest fraud in the NBA right now. And Well, I, think, you know, I don't think Miami's making the playoffs this year by any stretch. I don't think Miami will be in the playoffs, but I think they will be have a better record than the Cavaliers. Because remember, playoffs? Kevin Love. Playoffs? They'll have that fight. <laughs> You don't do have that bite I, anymore, do you? Do I have that bite, sir? What do you think I am? Uh, playoffs? 
Playoffs? Come on. Uh, there you go. Well, I thought you <laughs> deleted some. I don't know. It's been a while. I did delete some, but not that one. Um, but it's, who else could be worse? Like, right now we've got three teams we know are worse. Or No, two. We've only got two that we've both agreed on, and that's Orlando and that's Brooklyn. You're not even agreeing with whole, the Knicks. I, I think the Knicks will be That worse. whole middle area, that whole mi- – uh, not middle, but that whole lower echelon – I think uh, Cleveland in, and it, we'll have to see how the young guys respond to the, you know, the bright lights in the big okay. city. All right, well, one more team, one more team to look at, Charlotte. Do you think Cleveland is better than Charlotte? Technically, Kimba Walker is still there at the moment. They drafted, um, not McHale, um, the other – not uh, not Bridges, not Mikael Bridges, Bridges, the other Miles Miles Bridges. Couldn't remember his name. They drafted Miles Bridges. They still have Kid Gilchrist. They still have Kimba. They still have Nick Batum, Marvin Williams, Frank Kaminsky, one of the Zellers. They lost Dwight Howard, but they still got players. Tony Parker just signed a contract to go there. I take that. Uh, Tony I think Parker that might team. help if Malik Monk is healthy, maybe. But if Malik, Malik Monk, the name she just used. He is an unused talent that needs to be used in Charlotte. That's a side note. Well, that remains to be seen, but he I imagine his hand is still broke or whatever the hell happened. He kind of had his, like, breakout game of forever in this summer league, and mm-hmm. then he broke his hand or whatever he did. Uh, you know, I was high on him coming out of Kentucky. But, oh, me too. Uh, you know, like I said, it's the young guys with the bright lights. The names you rattled off besides Kemba Walker, I mean, they're just ugh. I mean, Nick Batum, man. Uh, Nick Batum, I mean, a good player, a nice, a nice player. Yes, a nice player, but you know, I don't so know. So you would put I, Charlotte? I think would you put Charlotte right now below Cleveland? I, I wouldn't. I would put New York below Cleveland before I would put Charlotte below Cleveland. I'd put them around the same, but I think the 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 pedigree that Cleveland has with the players having been there, done that, and and feistiness, and if if Colin Sexton can, uh, you know, I thought he was the best guard coming out this year, and if he's he's a little wild, he's a little bit of a wild child, a little bit of, you know goofy, but. I think his talent's there, and I don't know, man. It's just hard for me to say Cleveland went from the championship for three years to the bottom four. It's hard. Well, if Kevin Love comes out and plays like Kevin Love of Minnesota, then you're right. They are a lot better than that. But Kevin Love has lost a significant amount of weight. He's added a lot of years onto those legs. He's not the same player that he was. Now, if he goes back to that, we'll talk. George Hill, good player. Clarkson never really got Ty Lue in the system that's there. Rodney Hood's probably gone. Uh, you're looking at Kyle Korver. He's getting old, and his jump shot's getting more and more inconsistent. He'll probably go to somewhere else. There's talks of trades for Kyle Korver. Um, I, I don't know. No, Nobody on that team gets me excited. Chan, Channing Fry came back. Oh, woohoo! a seven-footer that stands in the corner. That's exactly what they need. I, I don't get it. I don't get the hype. Tristan Thompson, my favorite player in the league. I'm, I'm hyped for him. Uh, love him. But other than that, man, I just I don't see the hype in Cleveland. Uh, Jeff Green is gone, uh, so that's a blessing for Cleveland. They just don't know it yet. 
Um, so it's 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 up in the air with me, but I really don't think they're going to get out of the basement. They're not even going to sniff the playoffs, as far as I'm concerned. Now, I, I'm not. I, I don't think they're going to sniff the playoffs either. But um, if Rodney Hood, which I should know off the top of my head, and you can probably pull up, but I don't want to waste time on it. Um, if Rodney Hood's head is in the game, and Sexton, and Kevin Love, and the veterans, even though he screwed up like J.R. Smith and Kyle Corver, et cetera, uh, you know, I don't think that's a bad, bad little squad. It's not, it's not a good squad, but it's not. I don't know. I just don't think they're bottom four. Let's just leave it that. I don't know who's worse. <laughs> I accept that Atlanta and Brooklyn are worse, a hundred percent. Uh, we can agree I on believe that. that. And there's about five other teams that are, in my mind, if Cleveland plays the way I think they can, that they are better than. But if they play the way we, you think they're going to play, then they may be. We finally had three. an argument. We finally had our first take argument on here. <laughs> well, it's – it's off season, so I mean, it's it's all yeah. speculation, and we'll, it is, we'll it see. Is. But speaking of off season, right now we are joined by our guest. He is a former writer for Bleacher Report, and now covers NBA Point or owns NBA Point Center. He's a writer and editor for that site as well. Mr. Lance Smith, Lance, thank you for joining us. Hey guys, super excited to be here. Thanks for having me. No problem, no problem. How's uh, how's San Francisco? Say, yep, I'm based out of San Francisco in L.A. right now, and uh, I've been listening to you guys for an hour, and you already got a big new fan. Awesome. Ah, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. We really uh, do appreciate yeah. that. And it's pretty cool. Both our guests called in from L.A., and uh, L.A. seems to be the hot spot if we want to start there. Um, what's your take? Big Nate over here is hating on uh, LeBron's shorts, of all things. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, man, ugly. And, and uh, you know, the move, et cetera. I, Nate hasn't came out, but he hates LeBron James. I don't <laughs> hate LeBron James. Uh, that aside, uh, what do you see out west? Do you see a Warriors, you know, forget the west, the Warriors are up there, and then and then it's uh, a race for the East. Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, um, I I totally agree with what you guys were saying at the beginning of the show. Um, the Rockets got a little. The Rockets probably got a little a little worse. No one else really improved outside of, of course, the Lakers. So I think it's going to be a case of the Warriors versus themselves, which it always kind of is. Um, yeah. I mean, the Lakers, I. I I see them as like a 50, maybe 55 win team, but more likely something in the 48, 50 range. I could see them pulling, like, I will give credit to any LeBron James team and just give them the benefit of the doubt that they are going to overplay their collective level of talent just a little bit. So I could see the Lakers, you know, stuttering out of the gate, sputtering out of the gate, I mean, eventually winning something like 48, 50 teams and then maybe pulling off like, first round upset as a fifth or sixth seed. But for the most part, I think it's, if the Warriors are healthy, it's so their Western Conference title to lose. I mean, there's a chance that somehow Carmelo Anthony is going to make the Rockets' offense more better than he's going to make their defense worse, if you feel me. 
but um, <laughs> it's a, it's a little bit weird to it's a little bit weird to see the Warriors just keep on chugging. And in the West, nobody even seeming to present much of a threat this year, uh, assuming the Warriors stay healthy. And of course, obviously, you got Demarcus Cousins coming off the Achilles tear, and a lot of people just sort of have the sense that the that the uh, Warriors are kind of due for someone to get injured at the wrong time and not be able to bail themselves out. But um, for me, it's as, as a as a Warriors fan who tries to be as unbiased as possible. Um, for me, it's the Celtics that scare me. They, I, I definitely think they're the favorites to come out of the East, and they kind of have the Warriors number. I think they're the only team in the NBA that's beaten them at least once each regular season for, I think, four years in a row, might be three. Um, this year, they almost beat them twice. And we know Kyrie Irving is the Warriors killer. Um, personally, I think Brad Stevens is the best coach in the NBA. Agreed. What we, saw, what we saw in the playoffs this year, and really a lot of the regular season, but especially the playoffs, was the Warriors' classic complacency taken up a notch. Like, the Warriors not being able to collectively outplay or play up to their level of talent. Because if the Warriors are healthy and they play up to their mm-hmm. level of talent, no one can challenge them. But they were playing a little bit below their overall level of talent, I would say. And the Celtics, man, they just, they just scare me because they're so, they play so hard. They just seem to want it so badly. They have the depth and the perimeter defense to match up with the Warriors and, and the Celtics, while being clearly less talented overall than the Warriors, they just, they just, like we saw all season and really the last couple seasons under Brad Stevens, they just outplay their level of talent every single night. So for that reason, I, I me, me as a Warriors guy, the Celtics are the only team in the NBA that scares mm-hmm. me, especially because with the Warriors, you know, they might coast to the finals and then – once you're in the finals against a really hungry team who comes to play, all it takes is a couple, you know, hot shooting nights by the Celtics and a couple off nights by the Warriors. Next thing you know, Celtics are up, you know, two games to one or something and have momentum, and they're not going to take their foot off the gas the way the Warriors do, the way the Rockets kind of did when they were up in the series. I mean, of course, Chris Paul's injury was, you know, not what they needed, but um, – to me, if the Warriors are healthy, they're going to be almost impossible to beat. But I would say the Rockets are still a threat, and uh, the Celtics give me a little bit of a scare, uh, probably more than anyone else. Before you jump in, I gotta I gotta say one more thing. All right, buddy. Go ahead. Now, I Nate's, you know, he hates the Warriors too, and he, Nate's, <laughs> it's your it's your it's your coming out party tonight, Nate. You hate the Warriors and you hate LeBron. And, you, you know, you're acting neutral and just a fan, I guess, to keep being a baby face. But um, last year, down 3-2, the Warriors to these Rockets, I had no doubt because of what the point you just made of how they're just complacent. They're the best in the world. And – they could care less. Like, I mean, it goes back to, you know, years when they were down 3-1 to OKC. Yep. Uh, Durant didn't blow that. The Warriors were just like, okay, we'll play now. And that's <laughs> like and, – and Nate contends that if Chris Paul 
were there that uh, the Warriors wouldn't have been whatever. Whatever you're going to say when you're on when I'm done, Nate. I'll <laughs> say till the day I die that if Chris Paul, Cliff Paul, Paul McCartney, uh, Billy Paul, who sung me and Mrs. Jones, any goddamn Paul you want to put in there, was there for six and seven, the Warriors still win the series and still win the NBA title. That's all I had to say, yeah. Nate. Now you can you can go into all your stuff. If Chris Paul would have been there, I think the Warriors would have gotten beat in Game Seven. That's just oh jeez. But hey, they go on a straight. You know what? We've been over this and over this. We're not going to go back to this. I still think that would have happened. But uh, you know, Golden State when they won the title this year, they didn't even look that happy or surprised. They're like, okay, yeah, we did it again. Woohoo! But um, yeah. you're talking about you're talking about teams that have beaten Golden State. The Minnesota Timberwolves have beaten Golden State at least once a season four out of the past five years, and that's three in a row, believe it or not. That's a fun fact, ladies and gentlemen. Um, oh, I, I, I believe it. I remember some of those games coming right down to the wire. Timberwolves were all just getting hot. and No, those, those, yep. were, those were some really good games. A lot of them were as really a T, close. As a T-Wolves fan, it kind of warms my heart a little bit. But, um, you know, we talk oh, about Golden State – yeah, I am a T Wolves fan. Over overlook that, but uh, no, we talk about Gold- <laughs> I'm from West Virginia, and I'm a T Wolves fan. It's weird, I know. Um, <laughs> but we talk year. about Golden State, and we talked about the addition of Demarcus Cousins to that team. What are some other off season additions that maybe nobody talked about that the Warriors did, or even contract extensions or or signings that? went a little under the radar that maybe the rest of the league should know or be at least aware of in terms of what the Warriors are doing. All right, guys, I got you covered for that. So, I mean, we all know about DeMarcus Cousins. Nothing under the radar about that. Zaza Pachulia is gone. Zaza Pachulia is gone, thank God. JaVale McGee is gone. David West is gone, most likely. And uh, I think Warriors fans are really going to miss David West. So his departure is going to be a pretty under-the-radar thing that could actually impact them a lot. Um, I really like the Jonas Yurebko signing. They got him at the minimum after I think it was Utah who waived him, right? And uh, Yurebko, he's the first legitimate stretch big that the Warriors have had during this, during this run, not counting, you know, when KD plays the four and Draymond is shooting it well from the five. I mean, most fates, he could fill it up as a stretch big, but – he was, he was a little inconsistent and not someone you could just put out in the corner and say, all right, you're going to catch and shoot. Jonas Yurebko, he's a veteran with playoff experience. He plays hard. He's a better defender and just has a higher basketball IQ than a lot of people think. So I think Yurebko, coming off one of the best years of shooting the three he's ever had, I think that signing is big. He's going to play mostly the four. Um, probably won't see much five. He definitely shouldn't. But you, know, you never know with the Warriors who they're going to throw out at the five. Um, and somehow make it work. But I, I see Jonas Yurebko coexisting with Cousins, because then you got, you know, the big man inside posting up with four guys stretching the floor. And then Kayvon Looney, he re-signed at the minimum. He can share the front court with Jonas Yurebko. Um, and, and, and the re-signing of Looney at the minimum, that's another big thing that went under the radar, because a lot of, a lot of people thought, oh, Looney's, Looney's gone. Someone's going to come in and offer him, you know, two years, $17 million, something like that. But Warriors got him back at the minimum, and he's a defensive ace. Um, 
And then, uh, of course, Jordan Bell is still in the mix, and he's probably going to be the starting center until DeMarcus Cousins is back, but very well could be Looney. Um, so I, I, I would say the fact that they were able to re- bring back Looney at the minimum and bring in a legitimate sharp shooting stretch four with Jonas Jurebko, who can coexist with any lineup the Warriors can offer. Uh, I, think, I think those things, you're going to see a lot of those guys next year in the starting or in the regular season and in the playoffs. Um, Damian Jones, who's been simmering in the D-League for a couple years, he's expected to become a rotation guy now. Um, he doesn't really excel at any one thing, but he's an athletic seven-footer. He has a good touch. He rebounds pretty well. He blocks shots. Uh, he was averaging something like two blocks a game in 30 minutes a game in the D-League. That's pretty good. And um, he has a lot of offensive upside. I don't know if we're going to see it, anything, any of that offensive upside this year, but um, he's going to be someone who gives you 10 minutes a game off the bench who no one's heard of. Uh, so that's going to be a factor. Um, and then the other position of curiosity outside of retooling the front court for the Warriors is the shooting guard. Um, they sort of have a weird conundrum going on in terms of their shooting guard depth, because if you look at their, their backcourt off the bench, you got Quinn Cook, who's a point guard, Sean Livingston, who can play one through three and defend one through three, but he can't shoot the three at all. Iguodala, who can play the two or the three, but he's a very inconsistent shooter, even though we know he can shoot. And then uh, they drafted Jacob Evans, who's a really nice, he's a really nice polished defender, should be one of the best on-ball defenders of any rookie um, even though he went at the end of the first round, he can play the two or the three. Now with Evans, he he shot like one for 17 from three in the summer league. And even though his three-point shooting was all right in college, a lot of uh, scouts don't think his three ball is going to be ready for NBA range come the regular season. So with Nick Young leaving, and obviously Nick Young is just a sharpshooter and, and that's about it, the Warriors don't have pretty much – they pretty much don't have any – wing shooting off the bench. So Pat McCaw is a restricted free agent. He has a $1.7 million qualifying offer, I think 1.7, but no one's offered him a contract. The Warriors haven't talked to him about an extension. And the Warriors, so so a lot of people are like, oh, well, Pat McCaw, he's been on the last two Warriors teams. He used to be able to shoot. Uh, He's going to get that last roster spot. But last year, his shooting fell down to 23.8% from three. And that, that is horrible that's like four attempts per 36 minutes making less than a quarter of them so with Pat McCaw for basically forgetting how to shoot before offer uh suffering that awful spine injury late in the year the Warriors are a little hesitant to bring him back even though they really like him because they're like look you have a lot of good skills but if all you can do is pass and defend we already got guys coming off the bench in our backcourt who can do that so especially with the addition of Jacob Evans so they signed Daniel House. Uh, to, they gave him a non-guaranteed training camp invite. And he's basically, he's basically like Nick Young. He can get hot, fill it up, shoot some threes, um, throw down some good dunks. But um, I think the Warriors are a little bit concerned about who is going to be that last guy off the bench, uh, particularly around the shooting guard, who can just space the floor and be a catch-and-shoot guy because – you know, obviously they have so much perimeter scoring, but if they don't have anybody off the bench who can at least space the court and let them run the same offensive schemes where you have four or five guys at all times who can shoot the three, 
their offense is going to sputter. So that's the other big thing. And it's not clear yet who's going to be that last guy. Um, if it's going to be Pat McCaw, if it's going to be Daniel House, um, they've been linked to Jamal Crawford. I think we would all find that a fun, exciting addition. Um, but yeah, that last, that last roster spot at the shooting guard position, uh, or I guess just the wing, they, they need someone who can shoot and they know Pat McCaw might not be that guy. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Totally might come down to training camp. Like they might just say, you know, okay, Pat, if you return to being a good shooter like you were a couple of years ago and in college, then you automatically get the job. But um, I think if Daniel House or someone else they give a training camp invite to comes in and just, you know, blazes the three-point line for all of training camp, they might not only make the team instead, but even get a little spot in the rotation. So that's the rundown as far as I see it. Yeah, so somehow the Warriors being the Warriors, I like Jacob Evans, by the way. I, I mean, I know he, he struggles with the shot, and that's kind of what you're, you know, focusing on off the bench. But he's a, he's a, a pit bull. I mean, you yeah, know, out of the class, we, we love that uh, Javon Carter from um, West Virginia, oh, yeah. thanks to Nate, um, as, as the top kind of like pit bull coming out of college, defensive-minded, et cetera. But I, I I like that they got Evans late. I mean, no the rich doubt. get richer. But I was I was being sarc I was going to be sarcastic and say, just because it's the Warriors, somehow uh, a month into the season uh, they'll get Lou Williams for like four hundred bucks somehow. <laughs> oh my god, that would be insane. Lou Williams to the Warriors. Yo, did you guys see that game like midway through the season where he torched them for 50, I think, at Oracle? And yeah. yeah. I did see that. Yeah. I mean. Lou's tough, man. He's a tough one. And he was given – I don't know if anybody saw this, but he gave Nick Young – Nick Young said something on Twitter about um, showing up all like fully dressed and stuff like that and talking about work, people worrying about style too much. And Lou Williams tweeted back, Swaggy used to change his, uh, change his shoes six times before practice. <laughs> if anybody saw that, that would be funny. But go ahead, DR. If you got a question for Lance, go ahead. Um, well, I was just thinking about what you were saying about Young and um, uh, Lou. They were both through here. During our years, I, Lou might have been before the, the dreaded Sam Hankey year. I don't know. But they were both here uh, through the Sixers organization. Um, swing it to the east. I, uh, I am a Sixers fan, which some people questioned because I'm very critical of them. I think with Brett Brown moving up after um, Burner Gate and the whole – mess of the Hanky era, et cetera, and then yeah. still not having a definitive general manager. They've really, other than Wilson Chandler, um, they've really not done anything, in my opinion, to to further project um, that word that I hate saying. Um, I'll just call it progress and re- retooling. But... Um, uh-huh. I, you know, they're a sexy team nationally, but I mean, as you see the Warriors up close and you see all the nooks and crannies, that that's the way I see the Sixers. And I'm telling you, man, I, 
I don't see them. I see them regressing, and I see them as of now in the off season, unless some you know injuries and personnel and stuff like that. Just going in, I see them dropping from what did they get last year? Three seed or four? Yeah, three three seed. I think they were fifty two and thirty and got the three. Yeah, and they had to have a sixteen game win streak to get that. Uh, I, right, right. You know, I see. I see them four or five seed. And, you know, not being the sexiest team. Ben Simmons and uh, Joel Embiid under, you know, I don't know if it's national yet, uh, but they, you know, they both think it's their team and they both have ginormous egos. Uh-huh. And uh, and I'm not a Markel Fultz fan, never been. And, I, you know, I am a Dario Sarge guy. I was so glad okay. they didn't get rid of him. But uh, I, I just, you know, just to switch east, you don't have to specifically talk Sixers, um, but do you see them as I see them dropping? Like, who would you say top? I, I realize it's August first, but I mean, top five in the East in your mind right now? Obviously, Boston won. Yep, Boston won, and uh, I I'm a Sixers guy. I mean, not not by any official fandom, but they're definitely my favorite team in the East. Um, I see them, I don't know if I personally see them regressing just because Embiid, theoretically, young guy who's going to be better, Ben Simmons going to be in his second year. Um, like you said, they, they're kind of returning the same team when a lot of other teams are getting better. So the one thing that's going to give them is, uh, you know, I can't think of the word I'm looking for, but chemistry, chemistry. Uh, familiarity. Yeah, for, yeah, exactly. And I think it's cool that they brought J.J. Redick back, but just for one year, I think that's a smart move. So personally, I see, I see the Sixers being roughly as good, um, although I, I could totally be wrong about that. Um, assuming Kawhi Leonard is healthy and engaged, <laughs> which is not a safe assumption at all, but if, no. if, if, if that assumption were to be true, I think the Raptors would be a legitimate threat to make it out of the East, um, even though the Celtics are the favorites. So to me, uh, Celtics are out on their own level. The next tier to me would be, uh, you know, Milwaukee definitely has the talent to make that jump. It's amazing they only went 44 and 38. Um, the Pacers. Uh, 40, I'm with Pacers you on Milwaukee got, and the Pacers. Oh, yeah, so, 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 so tell me if you kind of see it the same way. Like Celtics up top, Raptors possibly too, depending on how Kawhi Leonard goes. And then kind of uh, the next tier being like, the Sixers, the Pacers, the Bucks, um, maybe the Wizards if if Dwight Howard fits like a glove. Uh, that, that's how I see it. Um, and I, maybe I forgot to mention the Sixers again, but uh, I, I see the Sixers as, as a dark horse threat to make it to the finals. Um, but I don't know. What, what do you guys think? I, I, I see like a top five or six and then a bunch of teams that are going to be possibly below 500 competing for seventh and eighth seed. I, I do not see the Sixers as a threat at all, and my own city's going to think of that I'm being a hater, but I'm not. I just see it for what it is um, in my eyes in, on August 1st. I'm still going to be cheering for them every game. Don't get me wrong. I just I just don't like some of their personalities and how that will equate to uh, – they got the talent. They got, you know, Embiid and, and Simmons are incredibly talented. Um, yeah, but I, uh, anyway, to get to your point, um, 
I kind of didn't believe in Giannis until my co-host over there kept getting on me saying he's a lot better than you think. And then I started like studying uh, some things more than his highlight reel. I think the Bucks, uh, you know, that team, like you said, didn't have as many wins as they should have last year. And they added uh, Ilyasova, and they took the Celtics to seven games, uh, Mm -hmm. which nobody talks about. And the Pacers took the LeBron James Cavs to seven games and, you know, familiarity again, and and they picked up a few nice little pieces. I think the the Bucks or the the Pacers, to me, are two and three as of right now. And – Toronto, I have zero faith in Kawhi <laughs> Leonard, at least this year, until he separates himself from his uncle, because I think although he legitimately got hurt with the ankle and, you know, the other leg issues, a lot of the stuff is his personality and the influence his uncle has on him and so forth. And it's just willingness and uh, et cetera. I mean, I won't take too long, Nate. Uh, it's, you know, a couple years ago, and well-deserved, he was talked in the same breath as LeBron James and Kevin Durant. And then you look at a guy like Kawhi as, like, maybe the third best player in all of basketball. And when a guy sits out that long and has that much – if you get heat in San Antonio from those guys, I mean, you've got to have something wrong with you upstairs. Um, if you're that much <laughs> talent, because they, they don't let stuff out and – and he doesn't openly say things, but his actions are, speak louder than words. And I don't know. Uh, if if he comes along, I don't think it'll be early. If he comes along and just, you know, shakes off whatever he went through in the last season or whatever, they could be, like you said, they could be talent-wise, you know, up there. But I just I, I can't see him coming back to normal until – he gets his wish and his pacifier and gets moved to L.A. the season after. <laughs> I just can't see it. But uh, that's that's my opinion. And the, and the Sixers will fall somewhere in there. Um, but I, I really like Milwaukee and Indiana um, coming into next season. But, you know, August 1st, a long way from tip-off. So things could change. But, you know, right now that's what I see. But, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to argue your points because – you know, it's August 1st, and we, we haven't seen injuries or anything yet or chemistry or whatever. Um, Nate, you're up, my my friend. Well, uh, you call me, yeah, my friend, after all the shit you've talked this whole episode. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll, uh, I love you, TR. Yeah, I mean it. Uh, but, you uh, don't have to say that. <laughs> Boston... Boston clearly number one for me. Um, I'm going to go with Lance. Uh, I think Toronto, if Kawhi plays, and he's actually starting to open up to the idea of playing in Toronto, uh, they still just have so many weapons. Kyle Lowry, Jonas Valanciunas, Serge Ibaka, uh, Siakam, Fred Van Fleet, uh, Danny Green now coming off the bench. If he's healthy, apparently he was playing with a a cracked groin or something like that. Uh, Ugh. Yeah, that was uh, apparently he had like a groin injury that San Antonio quote misdiagnosed. That was the uh, the articles that were out on that. So yeah, but I think Toronto's the two. Uh, I like Indiana at three. 
their improvements in the offseason were really good. Oladipo's only going to get better. He only plays well when he's wearing an Indiana jersey. That is fact. No one can dispute it now. It has to say Indiana on it for him to be good. And as long as he's there, he'll be fine. Um, I think the Sixers can squeeze in that four seed. Uh, Wilson Chandler's going to help. Um, I think I think they're just too good. Embiid is, is a good player. I would have them higher if they would have kept Mikael Bridges. Uh, I really would. I would probably have them at three. And I didn't like the trade there. But then at five, uh, it gets kind of iffy here. I'm going to go Milwaukee at five, Washington at six. Uh, seven seed, it's really close. Seven seed, I think the Detroit Pistons are going to sneak back into the playoffs. Um, it's going to be hard for me to count them out with the with Blake Griffin now being there, um, Andre Drummond and company, and them being able to add a Dwayne Casey who was coach of the year. He can probably lead them to the promised land. And then I think rounding out in eight, um, you know, Miami made the playoffs last year. They got some players. They're going to be okay. Uh, but I think you got to go with Chicago Bulls. I think they're going to sneak in there with that young wow. young team, and I think they're going to jump in there and get into the playoffs because I'm looking at the list of teams from the East. I just don't see anybody being better than Chicago. Miami will probably be the nine I'm looking at here. Cleveland, hell no. Charlotte, no. Brooklyn's trying to lose. Atlanta's trying to lose. Uh, Orlando's not quite there yet. New, the Knicks are awful. So I think it's got to be Chicago. It, and that, that's I got how I'm looking at it right now. Got a question for you. So so I okay. agree that Chicago I agree Chicago has the talent to like surprise a lot of people. So what do you think about not just the Jabari Parker acquisition, but the fact that they're like, we're bringing in Jabari Parker as our small forward. What do you think about that? Uh, I don't know. Um, if if he's healthy and his legs come with him from Milwaukee, then okay, you got a chance there. It may work. Um, there's going to be such a front court backlog there, and he's really going to have to develop a better jump shot than what he has had. Um, I would play Markinen at the three over Jabari. I think Jabari's a more yeah. natural four where Markinen can stretch the floor Levine could even play the three if need be, but he's a more natural ball handler. Um, Chris Dunn has greatly improved. I like Wendell Carter more than I did when he got drafted. I'm not, I'm not crazy about Wendell Carter, but he did show me something in summer league, and I was like, okay, he if he plays similar to that, I think they've got something here. Bobby Portis is a good player. They've, they've got some talent in Chicago, and I think they can really do some damage. Um but Jabari at the three, I don't know. I think I would have him at the four and Markinen at the three. But that's that's just me. Yeah, I mean, both we, – we know that that group of guys can score. And and even if they play Jabari at the three or even Markinen at the three, either of those guys are going to have a huge size mismatch. Markinen will just be shooting threes over six-foot-seven guys. Jabari is going to be wrecking most small forwards in the post. question is definitely defense. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're right about that front court log jam. I think I could see Chicago making a surprise trade for like a nice starting quality wing. I don't know who they would move. Uh, I bet Bobby Portis is probably the most expendable guy in that front court. But um, I think if Chicago flips a couple big men 
uh, into a nice starting wing with some upside, they're all of a sudden looking at, you know, the second round of the playoffs within a year or two. Well, they did yeah, They the, did do, have a, a signing today. They signed um, Namwa, I believe was his name, from uh, – Oh, yeah, Dave, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, David David Nabwa signed. He used to play for Cleveland. So they signed him at the wing. So I'm not sure what else they would really be looking to do. They they paid the big money for Levine. Um I don't I don't know what who they would try to move. They re-signed Ryan Arcanadino. Uh sorry about the these names are tough for me sometimes. Uh You talk about you talking about my man from Villanova, Ryan Archidiak? Yeah, yeah, that's him. Come on, man. Yeah, they, you can't mess up my Philly guys' names. Well, forgive <laughs> me. I don't live in Philly, all right? <laughs> and they also signed uh, They also signed Raul, Raul Ad, Al, Alkins to okay, a okay. two-way deal. So, I mean, they've got depth if need be. But I could see them making a trade. Maybe trying to get somebody, and you know, Chicago's got that history of, of championships, and they got that that they got a really good coach, the uh, the mayor of Iowa, Fred Hoiberg. So I think Chicago's a team on the rise. I can see them sneaking in the playoffs. Now, if this were the Western Conference, absolutely not. Chicago would not make the playoffs. <laughs> For sure. In the East, I think they've got a chance. That's all. Three of us are are, are high on Chicago's future. Uh, the the only thing I can add that. I've been a secret Jabari Parky, uh, Jabari Parker, excuse me, fan for a long time. Um, probably because I was in a position in Philadelphia where they forget that they had a campaign called "Winless for Wiggins," and I did not want Wiggins. And uh, there was so many question marks at MB that turned out to be the right pick. Um, but Parker, uh, you know, obviously messed himself up. Uh, I think it was the same knee twice, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, so he was at, at, he was averaging 20 per when he got the, the, knee, the knee fixed the first time. And second overall pick in a, in a pretty talented draft class. I, uh, I like him a lot and going there, um, I liked him a lot until uh, where it was some type of, uh, you know, Paul, I don't know, actual press conference or some kind of public comment that he said they don't pay me to play defense or something of that nature. And, Ooh. Uh, that hammer, James that Harden. Was, well, yeah, that could be uh, – that could be are – you, are you being sarcastic or did Harden say something similar? Oh, I'm being very sarcastic. You could also throw that on Carmelo Anthony as well. <laughs> yeah, but but I mean, uh, Parker actually said it on an interview when he, I, I think uh, a reporter asked him, you know, defensively, blah 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 blah, some defensive question, and he he shrugged it <laughs> off like that. They don't, they didn't pay me to play defense. I don't like that attitude so much. You know, could have been mean? talking but, about his time at Duke too. You never know. Yeah, um, but I, I like him there, and uh, of course, there's nothing not to like about Martin and. Um, Levine, Chris Dunn had a bad uh, freshman year, as we call it, rookie year, and he seems to have gotten a little bit together. And I just think they oh, got yeah, a lot yeah. of really good young talent. Yeah, and 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 what's nice about Chris Dunn is that he's someone uh, 
obviously really early in his career, but he's someone who can set the tone on defense as a long athletic defensive minded point guard for a team that has guys who are not a lot of guys who are scoring minded. Um, I, I feel like if Chris Dunn can continue showing those flashes of really defensive dominance that he had at moments last year, he could kind of turn into um, sort of like a, on the defensive end, like a Mike Conley Jr., someone who, even though they're just, you know, a, a, a really good one-on-one defender, they know how to control the tempo defensively, and in that sense can make their teammates better on that end. So that, that makes Chris Dunn a really nice fit for a team with, you know, Zach Levine, who doesn't play defense, Jabari Parker, who apparently needs more money to play defense, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe they put a play. Maybe they put a play defense clause in his contract. So maybe, maybe I he has wish, to. I, I just because I, I'm you know quietly other than the Sixers, I'm rooting for Chicago. Even though I just buried the Sixers, I am rooting for them. But I, I'm rooting for Chicago, and I'm strangely rooting for uh, OKC just because of the way they kind of brought everybody back and treated everybody well and. And mm-hmm. the point I, we made about a, a team earlier who escapes me about familiarity, uh, Sixers it was, and, and chemistry and so forth. Yeah. Okay, see, you'll have another was... year under their belt. Continuity, yeah. yeah. That works. That yeah. works. Yeah. Well, Lance, we do appreciate you giving us so much of your time and jumping on with us. Really, thank you so much for coming on, talking some hoops with us. And uh, we definitely want to have you back on in the future. I do want to go ahead and congratulate oh, yeah. the Warriors Congratulate you and the Warriors on their previous championship and their upcoming championship this season. So congratulations. Uh, we can pretty much just write that down. But um, we do hope to have you back on in the future. And please let our listeners know where uh, they can find you and follow you at all over the Internet. Absolutely. I would definitely love to come back, um, have you guys on my podcast as well, about to start picking that up again. So um, on Twitter, we got three accounts. My personal account is at Lance. Smith TPC uh, for the Point Center, one of the startup sites. Uh, the Twitter handle is at NBA Point Center, um, or you can go to thepointcenter.com. And then the last one is dailywarriorsanalysis.com. I'm the not the owner, but I'm the editor and one of the writers. And you can find us at dailywarriorsanalysis.com or on Twitter. That's at dailywarriors underscore a. Thank you guys so much for having me on. Have a really good time and look forward to talking to you guys more soon. Can't wait, man. Thanks again. For sure. Take care, y'all. You too. Have a great night. All right. That was Lance Smith there. Make sure you guys show him some love. We got another commercial take. We'll be right back. Personal injury, automobile accidents, workplace accidents, mesothelioma, social security disability, Unfair insurance practices, family law, employment discrimination, all these things and more can be helped by New Law Office. Stephen P. New will fight for you and your rights. Mr. New, what is there to do if you're in an automobile accident? When car wrecks happen, insurance is always involved. Did you know that in West Virginia, we have the highest percentage of uninsured and underinsured motorists driving on our highways? That means that when you're in a car wreck, your attorney needs to know how to work with your insurance company to maximize the compensation that you'll receive. If you've been in a car wreck, call me, Stephen P. News. 
For your free consultation, call 1-888-692-8084 or visit newlawoffice.com. Stephen P. New will fight for you to get you where you need to be. He's a proud sponsor of our program, and Mr. New is a stand-up national and local attorney. Stephen P. New, attorney at law, answers to your legal questions. Thanks again to our sponsors, WowFreeCam.com and the law offices of Stephen P. New at NewLawOffice.com. T.R., are you still with me? Yes, sir. Awesome, awesome. Well, I wanted to run this by you. Uh, it's been a big a big thing that's kind of blown up on the Internet, and especially on Twitter, Facebook, et cetera, as of late. Uh, Zion Williamson, have you seen him lately? Um. No, I, I I actually have not, and I, I you know I I think from we talked briefly. I think I know where you're going, but go ahead. Well, right now Zion Williamson is being listed at six seven two hundred and eighty five pounds at Duke, and he looks like a tank right now. Um, he's only five pounds WWE. lighter. Yeah, really, he's only five WWE pounds lighter than the heaviest than the heaviest player. In the NBA, the heaviest player in the NBA right now would be, let me find his name here, Boban. His last name is Boban. He plays for the Detroit Pistons. Let me get that first name for you. Uh, Sounds like an antidepressant. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, go ahead. (laughs) Boban, Boban Marjanjevic, 7'3". 290 pounds. And then the next closest guy in terms of weight is Al Jefferson at 6'10", 280. And we got a few guys at that weight. But, man, oh, man, what a – and the dude's – and the kid's, what, 18, 18 years old, and he's already 6'7", 285. Is that too big to try to come into the NBA and play? Uh, he's going to Coach K. So, um that tells me Coach K would know better than it doesn't sound. It doesn't sound like a a, a good recipe, no. Um, but you know, and I saw that kid two years ago. I think when he was a sophomore in high school, and he was about the same height, not quite as thick as that, um, but he was a dunking machine. And I, I was worried the lack of fundamentals in uh, AAU and and uh, just fundamental basketball on the on the uh, child level uh really you know it really stands out and that goes back into the markel Fultz thing too but um and he was a duncan uh you know d- handle between the legs and crossover type thing for a big guy and i i thought he was a shoe in for number one overall and then the emergence of R.J. Barrett, and they got he dropped down to I believe three, and then maybe even further. And it, I think you're right. I think it was to do with the weight, but he had already committed to Duke. And uh, anyway, long story short is, considering he's six seven and he's ten pound or five pounds rather lighter than the heaviest NBA player, who is seven three. Uh, you might be on to something. He he may have to uh, discipline Maybe himself. Down, man. If if it's genetic, 
Like some people are just genetically big people. You said he looks more like a beast than like a sloppy guy, right? Oh, he doesn't. He doesn't look fat. I'm, I'm not saying that. The dude looks jacked. Like he looks like he's just a a monster. But I think he's just carrying too much weight. And I mean, and and that's not saying and this is coming from a guy carrying too much weight. But I'm not talking about from a health aspect or, or anything. I'm talking about from a basketball playing aspect of no, I get if it. you're gonna be. You're going to be 285 pounds. You better be in the post, and you better be banging bodies and trying to do some old school work. This kid's an athlete. He can drive. He can jump out of the gym. My biggest issue with him before the weight issue was his shooting ability. I don't know how well he can yeah. shoot, and he's yet to prove to me that he's a good shooter. So that's that's one yeah, of my biggest I mean, worries with him. But tack this on top of it, I don't know, man. It's just I'm kind of worried. Yeah, I, I think you. I think you have a, a fair point there. And uh, you know, Mike Shevsky, and just the uh, you know, if he really wants to, because he had the hype. I mean, he had ESPN interviews in high school. Um, yeah. And if he, uh, you know, where his mindset is, I mean, we could go back to Barkley as a guy who had almost uh, the same kind of physical build except a little softer from what you're describing and he he you know his game was not affected but you know it's like Haley's common it comes every 500 years or something you know what i'm saying uh so <laughs> i think it's i think it's 73 tr whatever you know how i exaggerate things but uh, <laughs> you never <laughs> Well, I mean, it worked for Barkley. I mean, maybe I'm being uh, reaching, trying to think of any example, but uh, I have to see him now. Now, after the show, I'm going to look into some some recent pictures, videos, et cetera. Um, yeah, I mean, because obviously in his mind, he's one and done. And... Uh, you know, there's going to be the combine and all those crazy things that come with the NBA, and uh, I don't know, man. It's uh, it's fine being 285 and 6'7 when you're in high school and dribbling behind your back and dunking over some stiff white boy at 6'4 who just happened to get picked up by the coach and say, hey, can you play basketball? You know, that's, uh, that's a big leap, yeah. so to speak. Oh, yeah. Definitely, definitely, and and Haley's comments every seventy five years. That was my my fault on the uh, the years. Okay, well. <laughs> but um, yeah, I just and another thing is more weight is more wear and tear on the knees. The quicker the knees will wear out, that will decrease his longevity. I don't know. Like maybe he can get it under control a little bit. And he's again, he's not fat. He's not, you know, he's just a big guy. Maybe he's too buff to be playing NBA. Or or playing basketball even like maybe he needs to lose a little muscle tone, you know maybe he needs to try to get get down to about if he can get down to about I'll give him two fifty, if he can get down to two fifty I think that's a good playing weight for a guy that's going to be that big, because he he's going to grow a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, I uh, I, I agree. Uh, we're not going to have a argument here. I I mean I was high on him. Um. But uh, you know, it's 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 a little suspect now. Whether it's fat or not, that's a lot of bulk. Uh, certainly, he'll be able to bang people around. But 
you know, it's it's hard on you know the speed, the quickness, the cardiovascular aspect, um, everything. So um, unless he's just a genetic freak where he's you know he was meant to be that thick and and it, and it doesn't affect him. So, but he he will still have to drop. I I, I completely agree. Well, once he gets back into, I'm sure he probably took the summer off and just kind of, you know, chilled a little bit. And he clearly hit the weight room. But I think once he gets back into the daily grind of practicing every day, running, the pounds will just shed. I know that he should be okay. But again, Zion Williamson, if you're listening, somehow, some way, prove to me you can shoot. And then I'll endorse you. TR's high on you. You're a great athlete, but show me you can shoot the ball. That's that's my thing. Until then, R.J. Barrett's my consensus uh, top guy right now. So that's the, at he least that's, that's just me. He is Canadian. You know how I love the Canadians, eh? Um, another thing that surfaced this week, T.R. that we want to we wanted to mention and at least maybe talk a couple minutes. We got about ten minutes left. Was earlier this week, it was reported that before LeBron James left Miami and made the return back home to Cleveland, you know, because everybody wants LeBron James to come in and fuck up their team for four, you know, well, what, anyway. Um, Here it is, the heel turn on LeBron, go ahead. But before LeBron came in, it was reported that Kyrie Irving had talked Gordon Hayward and Trevor Ariza and Channing Fry, for whatever that's worth, to coming to play in Cleveland. Now, there's two arguments to be made here. That would have kept Kyrie in Cleveland. That would have the Cavaliers set up better now. But, TR, let's be honest here. If LeBron doesn't come back to Cleveland, even though he left again, as as predicted, even though he ran away when the team got bad, as he usually does, and run to a better team, with better players so he can try to win another championship like he does. And he held the team hostage for years with two-year contracts and kept him over a barrel. We get he got it. his way like he does. We get it. <laughs> they still wouldn't have won a, a championship without LeBron James. There's no way. See, they, don't, they don't win. That's what I was trying to get. That's what I was trying to get the, out of your mouth there. Um, I, I admit it. Best player in the world. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you, you, you I, I could be Tim, but I believe it was you sent me that little blurb um, about that. And, uh, you know, I've been, I've been busy, so I don't read anything. Not that I read anything when I wasn't busy, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I do look at, you know, what is sent and I try to register it somewhere in my whack brain, but, uh, you know, I just thought about, of course, those guys would have been younger. Gordon Hayward wouldn't have, and I'm making light of this now because he's, he's well now, um, but yeah. he wouldn't have his leg, one leg facing the bat, you know, the other basket and uh, one leg facing the one he's shooting on. Um, so, yeah, uh, that would have been a nice little playoff team or what have you, maybe, you know, not the – hype or uh, the negative connotations which you so eagerly put out tonight of having the king uh but they would have never won a championship and you know we sh- we should never uh, you know a lot of pro wrestling shows say what if i've never been into that um you know coulda shoulda woulda you didn't 
in the words of Bobby the Brain Heenan, if you could have did better, you would have. Yeah, that's true. But, again, I'll admit LeBron is, is clearly the best. He's the best player in the world, and, and nobody has unseated him yet, and I don't know if anybody will uh, anytime soon. The man, ju- but... the man just opened a school, for God's sake. Or, you know. <laughs> Tim and I talked about that the other day. We talked about that the other day. Um, that was interesting. First, him doing first period, says Ed. Second period, college basketball. Third period, pro basketball. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. There wouldn't be no there. college. There wouldn't be no college basketball. <laughs> we, we skipped that. No, he didn't. <laughs> he didn't play it. He didn't play it. But one of his associates uh, has to teach it or whatever. But, oh, okay, um, okay. That's the, you can test yeah. out of that class, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get you get you get lunch, but yeah, in lunch then you get phys ed, obviously. Um, but but unlike regular schools, you get hyperbolic chambers, you get um, <laughs> you know, fryage. I don't know whatever they do these days with the new age technology when they're well when they're That's well off. Cup, I should say suction cup shit too that they put on the shoulders or whatever. Yeah, those are they the things that leave like big old red marks on you and it's supposed to be good for you or something or is that a different Yeah, thing? yeah. So so yeah. here's my question. At gym, at, if you're playing pickup ball at LeBron James's school and your team right. gets close to winning, does that mean that you're supposed to quit that team and go join another team? Ah, uh, come on. <laughs> come on. So and when you and when you decide to actually leave that team and join another team, do you get to have an hour press conference in the gym telling them where you're going? Oh boy! And does every student there have to go. have a ridiculous receding hairline and bald spot in the back that they just ignore? And I could probably add to this if I had any anger towards LeBron James, but I don't. Because and, does every, be and, every, and every time you join the team, do you have to put the team's name on your dick that you joined? Hey, man. He's the king. <laughs> good to be the king. I guess it is. It is very good to be the king, indeed. Um, one last question for you, TR, and then we'll 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 get out of here before all the LeBron fans come at me on Twitter, and they will, which you can follow us on Twitter, at WideJump, and send your hate. I'm open to it. I'm fine with it. Uh, just make sure you tag me in it. Don't be a pussy and hide and post ghost tweets about us and not tag us in it. Just tag us in it. All right. Um, here's here's the scenario, TR. I'm looking at the Western Conference. It's August 1st. We've already made the East predictions tonight. Here's one I want to throw at you. All right, we both agree Golden State's going to be in the playoffs, Correct. So we'll just go ahead and leave them out of this. Now they're in the bottom four. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> Kiss my ass. <laughs> Golden State's clearly the number one team in the, in the league. I'm going to name off some yeah. teams for you, okay? Houston. Yeah. Drops, the Lakers. Got worse. Got oh, better. Oh, hold on. Hold on. Houston, the Lakers, the Clippers, the Wolves, the Pelicans, the Thunder, the Blazers, the Spurs, and the Jazz. Okay, that's nine teams. What about Nuggets. And I, did I say you the, Nuggets? the Nuggets in there? Okay, hold on. Nuggets, Rockets, Clippers, Lakers, Wolves, Pelicans, Thunder, Blazers, Spurs, Jazz. Ten teams, seven playoff spots. 
Who's going? Who's the three that that miss it? Because I don't think the um, Kings, I don't think the Kings, the Suns, or the Grizzlies are going to be competing for a playoff spot this season. I think we can agree nah, there. Not this. No. Nah. And if the Suns were in the East, I don't like Aiden. Suns, you know, I didn't like that Aiden pick. But uh, yeah, if the Suns, if the Suns were, in the were in the East, East maybe. But maybe we but. might be talking about them the same way we talk about Chicago. Uh, yeah, with a I lot agree. Of young uh, pieces, you know, in the future, so. I think the Suns are, are going to be a good team. But Nuggets, Clippers, Lakers, Wolves, Pelicans, Thunder, Sun or Pelicans, Thunder, Blazers, Spurs, Jazz. I'm gonna pull. You know, and this is going. This is hard. But it's also a little bit logical. Um, okay. Golden State is. You know, we just got to get the other seven. I. You know, I'm. I'm rocking my OKC, man. Um, with, with I've got OKC you know, going number two, man. I think OKC is the second best team in the West. I think they're better than. Well, that's where. That's where. I, that's where I'm going. So they're they're uh, signing. You better change signing, your mind so we can argue. Resigning a Jeremy Grant was huge. Nerlens Noel will be a big body in there. They got rid of the guy that slowed the offense down in Carmelo. I think the Thunder are poised to make a run. Yeah, they got the, uh, you know, when you got two guys of that talent level of uh, Russell Westbrook and Paul George that is supposed to be a rental, and I don't know if you, I didn't read the full story of this either, but allegedly Paul George met a stripper and ended up falling in love with her, and, you know, that's part of his reason he stayed in OKC. But yeah. uh, anyway, irregardless, um you know, uh, those two are very talented and got to know each other on the court and they're, you know, idiosyncrasies, it's hard to say, um, and nuances and so forth. And with all those games under their belt, I'm, I'm, I like them too. Um, I think okay. Utah, I think okay. Utah because Donovan Mitchell's a bona fide I don't think there'll be a sophomore slump. I think he's going to be a multiple-time All-Star, et cetera. Um, and they didn't lose anybody of of, of note. And uh, the the certain to be a hated player, Grayson Allen, has not looked bad. As I, you know, I didn't think he was going to be bad. I thought he would be an NBA player, but I didn't think he would be a, a real contributor. I'm not saying he will be this year, but I mean he. he could you know if he works on his uh, three pointer and I don't know you never know he could help them so uh, I like uh, actually I'm I'm skipping somebody uh, the I might be skipping more than I'm thinking but um, the Pelicans uh, they replaced what Rondo with Peyton and yeah was that about it I think uh, Rondo with Peyton they've got Mirchich Davis. Um... Not a whole lot of moves for New Orleans in the offseason. Uh, we're about to not be live anymore, so if you're listening, be sure to download the show and check out what you missed as we go a little bit of overtime here as we talk about this, and then we'll be finishing up the episode. So if you're listening live, we'll have the rest of this for you to download. Go ahead, TR. You've got, um, you said Golden State. You said OKC. Uh, then you said uh, Utah, New Orleans. Over. Houston? I, I want New Orleans. I, I want New Orleans in that. Oh, I, I kind of skipped over them too, but 
Uh, I want New Orleans in that third. This is really tough now that you put it it's out tough. there. It's like tough. It is. It's very uh, tough. Uh, I, I want the Pelicans third. I, I'm i just not a Houston fan. I mean, okay. I just ain't. Um, and that might be my bias. Maybe I'm not seeing how truly talented or good they really are. Uh, but uh, four or five with Utah flip-flopping either of the either or for Houston and Utah. Um, okay. Portland's Portland's a playoff caliber team as they showed during last regular season, but they kind of just keep that same little backcourt and. I don't know, man. It's so. Uh, I guess the question is of the remaining teams, which would be the Nuggets. I think the Nuggets get in. I think uh, your T Wolves and the Spurs get in. So, is that room for who I just mentioned? Uh, let me see here. I think you said Houston. You said Golden State, New um, Oklahoma City, New Orleans, Pelicans, Houston. Um, Utah, Utah, Portland, Minnesota, and your last one Spurs. was uh, the Spurs. Spurs. That's eight. I think so. You're telling you're telling me. But you're telling me. No, the no, three I'm not teams, telling you yet. I'm not telling okay. you yet because I I like DeRozan with a uh, chip on his shoulder and playing under Greg Popovich, and that team always finds a way to be good. Uh, yeah. Well, well they were seven seed last year without Kawhi Leonard, so. Yeah, I mean, so. And they added Lonnie Walker. Yeah. Um, your T-Wolves got some good, a couple good draft picks. I mean, I don't think they'll be like uh, Donovan Mitchell draft picks, but good nonetheless. Oh, I don't either. And, uh, I don't either. Uh, so you're, that's eight right there. T- that was eight. It's, I I I think there's ten good teams for eight spots. Um, so basically, you're tough. saying the Clippers won't make it. No, and I agree with. You. I don't think the Clippers will make I, it either. I think I think I'm dropping Portland out of it unless you know some midseason crazy blockbuster move or something. Okay. I think Portland's so think going Portland from a three seed to a to a nine or ten. Okay. So are the Lakers going to make it? Look at that. I skipped the Lakers. You did. Uh, Jesus. Um, <laughs> There's so many good teams in the West, man. Wow. Uh, we've been talking about the Lakers the whole goddamn two hours. Uh, <laughs> wow. Um, it's tough. It's tough. If you take my wolves out, I'm not going to be upset. I understand. A lot of people are. Uh, you know, I I think they have a talented team. I really do. Minnesota. And they, they lose but, Jamal Crawford, but they added Anthony Callford, the draft picks. So I don't know. I think I think because of the the rumor tension. I think you. I think they're dropping out. I think okay. they're dropping out. Well, I'll I, run through. And my... I think, I think the Spurs and Lakers may. Fuck, man, it's hard. 
Spurs Lakers. It's just August. This isn't set in stone yet. You know, we'll wait and see, you know, preseason results, how teams look. Of course, we reserve the right. It's August 1st. We're just talking, you know, what if. Yeah. There's there's 10, 11 teams maybe that are playoff worthy. Easily, easily 11. All right, so here's mine. Golden State will be the one, in my opinion. I'm going to go with you and OKC being the two. Utah will be the three seed, I think, this year. Uh, They were close last year, but didn't quite make it. The Denver Nuggets will slide into the four seed. They have vastly improved, and I am banking on Isaiah Thomas coming out with a vengeance. So I think they finally got the piece they needed. So Denver at the four. He might have found the right place there. You're right. I think he did. I really think he did. Um, Lakers at five. LeBron's still that good. Pelicans at six. I'm wait. Have I, did I say Houston yet? No, nope. no, I didn't. <laughs> Damn. I okay. mean, I don't. Reverse. I don't think they're that bad. Hold on, hold on. Either. Hold on. Here we go. Here we go. Golden State at one. OKC at two. Houston at three. Excuse me. Utah at four. Then I'm going to go Denver at five. I'm going to go New Orleans at six. I'm going to go. No, I'm going Lakers at six. I'm going Lakers. Lakers at six. God, this is tough. I'm going to go seven. I'm going with my Wolves because I have faith. So, Wolves at seven, that's a homer pick. You can kiss my ass if you don't like it. Uh, Going Wolves at seven. And I don't think the Pelicans improved enough. So, I I know Anthony Davis is great, but all they added was Alfred Payton, who's a poor man's Rondo. So, I'm going to put San Antonio at eight. And New Orleans will miss the playoffs. Portland will miss the playoffs. It's it's so hard, man. It's there's so many good teams, and the Clippers aren't going to make it. There's so many good teams. They the playoffs are going to be the chase this year will be ridiculous. It will be more fun getting to the playoffs than the actual playoffs will be, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, maybe so. Uh, I I can't see any way possible with the uh, DeRozan going down there with <laughs> with which uh, Ben um, earlier was on fire about um, yeah. about where DeMar disappeared and so forth. But in that system, um, and Gasol, he's still there, right? Um. Yes, I believe so. Aldridge is there. Gasol's there. Manu's still there. Tony Parker is gone. Danny Green is gone. Kawhi Leonard is gone. Uh, they did get Jakob Platel, the backup center from um, Toronto in that deal. They drafted Lonnie Patty Walker. Mills. He's there now. Patty Who? Mills still there. Patty Mills. Uh, I think so, but I'm not 100% on that. I'll have to double check. Um, I think he's still there for the most part. They'll but, they'll uh, find a way after the Kawhi trade. They're not going to not make the playoffs unless there's a major injury. No, I think they'll make it as well, but it's just been a <laughs> – there's only eight playoff spots, man. It's going to be close. It's really going to be tough because the Clippers were knocking on the door last year. Denver was a game away, and we both agree Denver's gotten a lot better. And it's – I don't know. It's it's going to be going to be a knockdown dragout. Um there is a remote chance. 
Rudy Gay is still there. there. Is, Patty there Mills is, a, is still there. Okay, Rudy Gay is still there. Yeah, that's cool. Um, there is a remote chance. I, I'm not. It's August first. I'm just throwing it out there. Of course, that the Lakers might be the odd man out. They weren't there last year, obviously, and. If LeBron's mind's on business and and L.A., and I'm not adding any hate, I'm just saying, you know, they they do have, uh, I don't know if it was Lance or Ben that brought up uh, the mix of older players to get in the younger guys' asses if they're slacking. Um, but, you know, that might, it might take that team a while to figure out who to put where and then, with all those really strong teams, they might be out. I don't know. We'll have to wait till our uh, tip-off show to give our official. Yeah, yeah. I mean, of course, we're just we're just kind of spitballing here, and you know, it's a uh, it, it's 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 mid. It's, you know, it's the off season. Got to you got to speculate a little bit. So. Um, we we are major overtime TR. Our cup runneth over, as you say. Yes, sir. It does. And uh, I want to thank our guests tonight, Ben Golver and Lance Smith, for joining us. Great guys. Hope to have them back eventually on the show. Uh, you can check us out at uh, blogtalkradio.com slash wide men can jump. This has been episode 39, a warrior, a raptor, and two, men, two wide men walk in a bar. I came up with that name last night, so, you know. But um, we uh, want to thank our – and two wide men walk in a bar, and TR ordered a beer. <laughs> uh, I guess I'm the only one drinking as usual, but go ahead. <laughs> kind of reminds me of a thing from Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas with the Raptor in a bar. But anyway, that's a different story for a different day. Uh, we want to thank our sponsors, WowFreeCam.com and New Law Office at NewLawOffice.com. Big thank you to our guests. Again, big thank you guys for listening. We're up to six continents now. Six continents are downloading. Wide Men Can't Jump. So thank you guys so, so much. Six continents, oh, almost 30 countries on Earth downloading Wide Men Can't Jump, and we cannot thank you guys enough for that. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Wide Jump. You can get in our Facebook group. It's Wide Men Can't Jump. Get in there and talk with other fans of the show. Um, let us know if you want to join. Let Tim, myself, TR, if you can find TR on Facebook. He's kind of ghosting a lot lately on Facebook. But uh, just ask for permission to join the group, and we'll let you in. It's just Wide Men Can't Jump on, on Facebook. Um, Twitter, you can tweet us, message us, whatever you want to do. Give us a five-star review on iTunes. We're on iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio. We're also on All Pro Nation. Give us a listen over there, and guys, make sure you, you're rating the show five stars, and we appreciate all the love we've been getting, and thanks to everybody that stopped by the table at SCON this past weekend. I really appreciate you guys. Hope you're listening, and share the show. Let everybody know where we're at. We're going to be doing NBA shows all off season and getting ready for the regular season, and we hope to have more guests for you next week and have another great show. It's our 40th episode next week. So, big uh, milestone for us, TR, as we hit episode 40. Yeah, I uh, I, I hope to be uh, in attendance at 8 p.m. If 8 p.m. is our start time, Eastern. Um, it is. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that off air. So, yeah, happy 40th, Connor. And, 
really quickly. I had a thought. Um, well, I'll follow at TR Shock while I try to remember this thought on Twitter or Mary Tom Lee on Instagram if you like pictures of me as a teenager with professional wrestlers for the most part. Um, oh, oh, the yeah. big, uh, the big thing I wanted to get to, it's not big, but I just wanted to say on the flagship show in case, the, you know, first time listeners or whatever on blogtalkradio.com slash wide men can't jump. We have a, it's not just this show on Wednesday. This is our main show, but we have a variety, almost anything you like. We cover it at one way or the other. Uh, oh yeah, we do. Ranging from music to NFL coming to you know uh, every sport, even some baseball that Nate's not a big fan of. I'm going to start talking about a little bit. And we have uh, pop culture. We have uh, life issues. Sunday night roundtable. Sometimes we just talk about. Uh, actually, we've titled some podcasts about nothing, kind of like the old yeah. Seinfeld. And yeah. and they've worked as well. So those who weren't aware, if you see the NBA logo, that's a little bit chubbier. That does not necessarily mean that we are doing basketball. If you don't want to hear basketball overkill, you might hear, you know, whatever you want. Give give all the shows a try. Yeah, I think everybody will enjoy, especially the uh, music Jeopardy shows that we've we've actually come to really enjoy the music Jeopardy shows. If you ever check those out, if you like. Any music, uh, Tim has been the Alex Trebek to TR kicking my ass when it comes to uh, <laughs> comes to music it's, it's trivia. Funny. TR's been it's funny. Been late it to it's me. Funny. I mean, uh, I, I was cutting you off while you're putting me over, so I shouldn't have did that. But um, <laughs> uh, honestly, if I you know gun to my head, if somebody said who knows more about music, Nate Bush or Tom Robinson, I would. Uh, say Nate Bush but in that form I lived on 89 through I don't know 2005 on country music so I mean if you if you really take all those points off those categories I think it's a little more even than we you know than we've had I mean it was like a lifestyle it was almost like a pro wrestling passion (laughs) <laughs> or pro basketball. Well, it, it, they're fun shows, and win, lose, or draw, even though I keep losing, uh, they're fun. So no no hate from me, brother. As Tim gives me categories about 2008 music that I hate, and you country categories from the 90s that you love. So, you know. No, nah, I'm kidding. But, uh, you know, it, it's fun. Just check out all the episodes. They got them backlogged there. There's even some World Cup episodes. Tim and I did. Tim and Tom do a show. All three of us are on Sunday night roundtable. Sometimes we just dick around and have shows. But, of course, this is Wide Men Can't Jump, our flagship show. 39 episodes and counting. And thank you guys so much for making it awesome. TR, anything you want to add before we get out of here, brother? Uh, If you go back, people, first-time listeners or sometime listeners, you would not believe the people we've had on. So if you missed it, go back and just click the show and check out some of the guests, and I'm sure somebody will be like, holy shit, those guys talk to him or her or whatever. Or maybe not her, <laughs> Karen. But anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, so technically we've, we've talked to some hers as well. Um, 
So that's it for me. At TR Shock on Twitter and, you know, sometimes on Facebook when I'm not overloaded with knuckleheads and, you know, work, <laughs> real work Google and stuff. So. Knucklehead, Chuck would say. But it's been a great episode. Thanks, everybody, for listening and indulging us here at the NTR. Send us home, man. Peace. Thanks for listening to this show on the Wide Men Radio Network, blogtalkradio.com slash wide men can't jump. You can download this and any other episode from our network at iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Pod Paradise, Google Play, Player FM, and anywhere you find your favorite podcast. This show has been brought to you by the law offices of Stephen P. New at newlawoffice.com, facebook.com slash makeupkennedy, and wowfreecam.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at WideJump. You can follow us on Instagram at WideMenCan'tJump and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash WideMenCan'tJump. Please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Also, rate the show and tell us how we did. If you love us, please give us a five-star rating. Again, thanks for listening to this episode on the Wide Men Radio Network. Tune in, same time, same place, for the Wide Men Radio Network at blogtalkradio.com slash wide men can't jump.